This is a Fubar Radio podcast. For more information, go to foobarradio.com. Ian Bolton. None of my buttons are working. Oh, that one is. Welcome to the show. It is Monday. It is two o'clock. It's not. It's Monday, and it's seventeen fifty-five when we're doing November, this. November, isn't it? Oh, fifth of November. Not giving the date. Don't don't date it. Coming up on today's show at two thirty, we have author Anthony Horowitz is in the studio to talk about his new book. The sentence is death. It's not a sentence. That's a word. Then at three o'clock, we have Hannah Spirit. Yeah, all right. Maybe. Yeah, okay. Maybe. <laughs> I've, I've heard this before. Hannah Spirit on the phone to talk about iDog. We did loads about iDog the other week. It's a big promo for iDog. Sounds like a great film. <sighs> she won't turn up. Then at 3.15 we have actor Matt Corner in the studio to talk about Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> just the whole play just, just in talk about it. Just the Is he in it? Or? I think he's in it somewhere, yeah, I'm not sure right. where, but yeah. I thought he's we'll to talk about, about it. it. Yeah. He, I, Good play. I, he's been giving it the big I am. Did you hear about that? No. He's giving it the big... I'll tell ta- you what, I'll tell you, I'll tell you after the music. Welcome to the show. Starting now. Musical. Hmm. Um, yeah, so Matt Corner, right? Uh, apparently, his PR called and said, you know, he's on, meant to be on at 3.15. Uh, which yeah, is, he is yeah. Um, in, our, in our time now, that is 7 o'clock. 7.15, yeah. yeah. Mm, I don't know. No, it would be 7.15. Yeah. And they've um, phoned up and they've been giving it, oh, we're getting there at 6.45. And we would appreciate it if he could be straight on the air. Well, I mean, that's a fair enough thing to ask, No, it's not, because it? Anna Spirit will be on at that point, hypothetically yeah. Well, speaking. actually, Anthony Harowitz will still be in the studio at that point, and then we'll have Hannah Spirit yep. on the phone, and yep. then we'll have Matt Corner. So why is Matt Corner giving it the great well, big I Well, I don't think he is. I think why is he just... instructing his PR to be dicks? I don't think he is. <laughs> why, is he, why is he chucking his weight about when all he's doing is coming in and talking about <laughs> Fiddler on the Roof? Don't, don't say e- all he's coming We don't in. even know if he's in it. He for all it. we know, he's just coming in because he likes it. Just as a constant And just wants play. to crack on about Top Hole for a bit. He is actually. Trevor Nunn's directed this one that so? he's in. Andy Nyman's in it. It's proper. Andy Nyman's a pianist, isn't he? Doesn't he pianist? He does. Uh, no, that's, that's. Michael Nyman. Michael Nyman. Yep. Who is the pianist? Who's Andy Nyman then? Uh, Ghost Stories. Oh, I didn't like that. Didn't you? No, I really, I really liked didn't. it. Did you watch the film? I watched the film. I didn't see the live show. I believe the live oh. show is much better. I was about to give away a spoiler, but it's too soon for that. But the give reveal. I must have heard this actor doing a Scottish accent because I immediately knew who it was. What do you mean? Well, you know he's in disguise. 
Who's I in don't want to say it. Just say it, it's Brian fine. Brian Freeman, spoiler. You know where they've yeah, okay, gone? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But I kind of was like, is that? And I was Googling it going, is that Martin Freeman? And then when he revealed it, and it was, I was like, I knew it. I must have just heard him do a Scottish accent before. Oh, I see, yeah, because he's hidden in a little bit. latex and yeah. stuff, right, as the old guy, but then it turns out it's I, him. I was really looking forward to it, and it just didn't quite do it for me. I thought everyone was really good in it. Paul mm, Whitehouse. Same. I thought Whitehouse was fucking really, exceptional. Really, really good, yeah. Uh, I thought but he's got, he's got a bit of res- uh, resurgence at the moment, Whitehouse, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, well, there's he's always sh- been amazing, Paul yeah. Whitehouse. He's, always, he's got the show with Bob Mortimer, right, where he goes fishing, which was the best TV program this year by a mile. They're doing a new series of it, aren't they? I hope so. Yeah, yeah. And now he's been um, he's in Only Fools and Horses, yeah. the musical. But he's doing a lot of sort of serious acting parts at the oh, moment. Okay. He's in that one. Is it the heist? Is it called something like that? It's the one about the Hat and Garden job. Oh, is he right? Okay, with I think it's finished Payne. now that movie. Yeah, yeah, but he's in oh, that I'd as well. I'd love to see that actually. Um, I don't think so it's finished that movie. It still it still exists. Well, no, but I think it's finished on the pictures. Um, Matt Corner, why is he giving it? <laughs> He's, he isn't giving it the big I am. Nice do you not, laugh, do you not feel like I'm now on the wrong foot with Matt Corner no. before he's even set foot in the Let studio? Let me have a look about Matt Because oh. he's dictating the narrative. Matt Corner plays... Topol. Fideka. Oh, yeah. How do you say that? Fideka. Fideka. Yeah, he plays him. Maybe Matt Corner has to come in at 6.45 because it's tradition. For what? Maybe he does all his um, interviews at 6.45 and you know how important it is for the people in Fiddler on the Roof to adhere to tradition. So. If he leaves... Do you even get that joke? No, I haven't seen it. <laughs> right, well, there's a song in it called Tradition. It's very uh, famous. Tradition! Tradition! Dun, 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 tradition! Tradition! <laughs> I get tradition. it. Dun 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 tradition. I can't remember the words. I hear they've picked a wife for me. I hope she's pretty. And who will something something? Tradition. Not yet. Oh. Tradition. Tradition. Can you rip me tradition off YouTube? Is it on there now? Look at that. Look at him pointing his fucking him. finger. Look at him. Toby's the big pointer. It's on the screen. Oh. Oh, it's on oh, the, no, the, lyrics. the lyrics. Oh, no, don't the lyrics. I want the song. Come on, Toby, you bellend. Not the lyrics. It's Sorry, funny, oh, you fucking bellend. I've gone mad. I've gone mad. Oh. Let's uh, abuse I've the staff today. I've gone quite mad, yeah. Should you're we do not, that? Toby, you're not a bellend. Toby, you fucking ignoramus. Don't do your fucking that. job properly, you twat. Um, Toby, are you a rich man? No, 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 are no. Are you a rich no. man? No, I don't think so, you useless cunt. <laughs> Come on, let's Stop abuse it. them. Let's abuse no, them. No, do not call him that. Do not say that to him. All right, you think of someone's... Well, he's pissing himself laughing. Oh, he's not laughing, you specky yet. Don't <laughs> say more. that! Don't say that. Let's pick on him! Would you like that to be chopped out? What? You can't say about this. Dave Lee Travis spe- did it all the time and he was like Dave really Lee well Tra- known. Dave Lee Travis? He was all shouting at his staff, was he not? Yeah, but not, not with back of their glasses. Oh, sorry. Forgive me. I'm sorry for shouting at you about your glasses, you prick. <laughs> Toby, can you write on the screen what you'd like, the best insult that you'd like Ian to call you? Yeah, at least so we t- can tell me what to say to you. Tell me how to abuse you and I'll abuse you. There's the lyrics to tradition. Which is probably more abusive. What? To tell you what to yeah, say? Yeah, to make someone... It's like when you send someone to get a stick for you to hit them with. But who the hell would do that? That's a thing, isn't it? Isn't that not a thing? No. Cockwomble. Right, I'll, Toby, I'll, I'll Toby leave that all there so I remember and I'll slip that Let's in at move some that point. To, slip that up to the top. You just put it in big letters just um, just above Matt Corner's name. To, to clarify, Toby says the, his insult of choice to call him would be Cockwomble, cock which is nice, actually. Can I call you, like, fucking Cockwomble so it's a bit more aggressive? Yeah, he's saying yeah, mate. he's saying yeah, he's saying yeah. 
No, don't repeat stuff, you fucking moron. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I, <laughs> I feel like I, I like Do you lost know this control. Is I just yeah. Let's keep doing this. Let's keep doing it, and uh, so we forget and do it to the guests. Okay. You, <laughs> I had a spirit, you oh, twat. I know, I know my favourite one. What? Shut your face, you cocksmudger. Cocksmudger's good. Yeah. Nice, yeah. that isn't it? Yeah. That happened once on a. No, I can't say. Who it. called you a cocksmudger? No one called and me. And why did they call you that? No one. And were they smudging you? Do you remember when Ian Lee came in? Yes. And we talked about a little clip that I sent him from a show that I used to work on. Oh yeah, it was that back was, at LBC, wasn't it? Mm. What was that presenter's name? He said it on air. Hannah Rayburn. Hannah Rayburn, and that, yeah. didn't somebody say? Somebody, had, I was off that day, so somebody sent she, in. Did that just winked? Someone sent in some emails. I think it was like, "What was your favourite word?" And um, on one of the emails, which had been clearly slipped through and given to her, it was. Toby's gone. Do you think gone to speak to HR? Oh, well, she's gone home. <laughs> she to left HR. at five, Toby. <laughs> yeah. So, she went, tell that prick if he's got any complaints, put yeah, me in an email. Put an email, so I got out of office in the morning. So go on, you were, yeah, LBC? So the email went through to Anna and it, she'd started to read, but obviously halfway through she realised that she, you can't be saying the word cocksmudger. Yeah. And it was it was something like, uh, cocksmudger, when sailors used to get angry at God and they'd wipe the tip of their penis on the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. I've got the clip somewhere. It's because on YouTube, I've that, sent... I'm sure I've heard oh, it. Oh, is it? Yeah, I'm sure I've heard that. Just one time Ian put on Twitter, my friend Clive, who works obviously, was like, oh, Ian's asking for you, but he just literally wrote on Twitter, can Anna's Natalie get in touch with me and send me the cocksmudger clip? Brilliant. And I was like, God, yeah, I've got it. I have it to hand. I've Anna's got it on my Natalie. iPod. But no. So that was nice. So that's a nice insult, I think. There's some great old radio on YouTube, like all like when people, you know, when things... Go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. There's a former... Um, very well respected colleague of myself at the station who uh, who was on YouTube quite a lot with a, a sackable offence <laughs> that he got sacked for oh do you remember that the Nazi thing I th- yeah I do remember that yeah, I do yeah. remember that yeah yes, that's on yes, YouTube yes, I sometimes yeah, go listen to that for a joke well you know fun. some go to things on YouTube for any for anyone in- what's your go to on YouTube mine is Frank Side Bottom or Brian Gittins oh, if I want okay. cheering up if I'm, if I'm in a bit of a mood yeah or if I'm feeling a bit sulky, I'll put YouTube onto the onto the Apple TV. I'll play it through my computer onto the Apple TV. Yeah. And I'll watch Frank Sidebottom clips just for ages, or Brian Gittins clips for ages. Who's tweeted Connor Wallace? Connor Wallace, what's he, he saying? He knew that I we can't see it's him. too big. It's he big says, uh, "Very sorry, I'm on a train in rural Scotland with bad symbol." Bad symbol. Signal, I think he probably means. But, but maybe what does that mean? Bad well, hang on. No, hang on a second. Mm. Hang on a second, Connor. So Natalie tried to call Connor. Before the show, because I said I'm not supposed to come for ages, give him a call. Very sorry, I'm on a train in rural Scotland with bad symbol. It means signal, we presume. Um, how does he know then we tried to call him? He must know the number from the studio, I guess. Th- so what does that mean? Well, it means he, he did have signal. Yeah, it to means see the call was good. So you got signal enough to get the call, but I not see. signal enough to answer it. It's just to say, you know, I would have if he'd answered the answer phone it. and it would have been bad, I would have been able to tell it was, and I'd have been able to yeah, go, oh, Connor's got a bad reception. Yep. But he didn't do that, did he? No, he didn't. He it's just he ignored the call. Is he making up stuff? He's yet? a liar. <laughs> He's a liar and a tit. In rural Scotland? Is any of it not? Well, Edinburgh's not so rural, is it? It's rural Glasgow's enough. It's the meadows, isn't it? There is the meadows there, that's quite true. And like down towards sort of Oxgangs Way, that's quite rural. I don't know that really. Edinburgh that down well. Towards you obviously Oxgangs. know it well because yeah, you really spent well. a lot of time there. Yep. When you was a rich man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I wasn't, first of all. 
Um, quite the opposite, in fact. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. traditionally, not, traditionally not a rich man. Not a rich man. And they're the only no. songs I can think of from Fiddler. I don't on know any others. Toby, can you have a look at what the other songs are from Fiddler on the Yeah, right. Toby. Can, Toby, right? can you fucking pull your stupid idiot finger out, please? Come on. And list all the songs from Fiddler on the Roof on, on this. Or are you too stupid to type? Too stupid, you cockwomble. Yeah, you fucking. No, oh. don't. That's too early. No, you've got, you've got to say it. Go, 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 say it. I'm going to Granville. You cockmuncher. I'm going to call him that for the minute. Oh, that's nice. Cockmuncher. Cockmuncher. Get excited by both. I'm getting like I feel like I'll full ahead of steam on. Do you know what I mean? And I sort of like quite aggressive. Have a a can can. Um, Christmas party. I can have a pump it. There we go, Black Eyed Peas with whatever that one was called. Is it, the, is it the retarded one? No, it's Pump It. What's the retarded one? It's Let's, Let's Get, get Retarded. Get, mm, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, we just, yeah. Better version of it, that, because they Why? changed it to Let's Get It Started. But of the, course. But the actual original version, which was Let's Get Retarded, what? whilst offensive, yes. is a better version of that song. Why is it a better version? It's just better. Because it's, what's changed apart from that word? Loads of it. It's a, oh, it's a complete it? re-record. No, I don't, I'm not that familiar. I'm pretty sure it's a complete re-record. Oh, Okay. I know well. I had both, and I favoured the retarded one. Like in this studio. So, um, we've got Toby to get us got, some... Has he gone? He's yeah. gone on the run again. What's wrong with him? Can't sit still today. He did a little dance at Black Eyed Peas. He was Eyed dancing Peas, to Black Eyed Peas. ran out of the room. For ages. Yeah. You were telling me that the word retarded is more offensive than the word cunt. I, I had a discussion with uh, Nick about this. Nasty Nick from Big Brother 1. Yeah, him. Um, <laughs> no... Nick Hal. Nick Hal. And he. Nick was Margerson. Was that the bloke who was Gaunt's fella? Oh, I don't know. Is that not Nick Margerson? Was that his name? Something like that, yeah. Something like that. Wasn't, wasn't he the bloke who, when me and Ed were, were taking the piss out of Gaunt constantly on air, wasn't Nick the producer of his show that called me and Ed asking us to go on Gaunt's show? I mean, probably, yeah. I'm sure that was him. I'm sure he did like a football podcast or something as well. Yeah. I don't no, know. No, don't say yes if you no, don't, I know. don't know. No, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I'm but sure I mean, it would make him. sense that the producer of the show would call you to go on the show. But he called course. like, he was like a bit like a salesman, the way he called going, oh, and John wants to bury the hatchet and all that. And I was like, to be honest with you, I can't be asked. And it's like, I know that Ed definitely won't. And I checked with Ed and he went, I'm, I'm definitely not going on the show. And I said, I don't really, I, I can't be asked with the fight. I'd rather just keep taking the piss out of him in his absence. <laughs> Right. Well, we Nick Helm there was the person I was talking about yeah. who had a chat after his show. And yeah, he was. He thinks that that word, the R word, is more offensive than the C you, word. What, you're now saying the R word? I don't want to say the word. But it's a word. Okay, retarded. <gasps> oh, no. He thinks that... that and I, he might well be right, I think, because, you know, you, to, to although in America... I wouldn't say that it's considered... I wouldn't say that would be the general consensus, that Nick may find that more offensive than yeah. that word. Yeah, well, like, which, he would say is... the C word on air, but he would never say something is retarded. Hmm. I don't know. I've definitely used it in the past on podcasts and things, certainly. In what context? Oh, in, the, in an abusive context. But, <laughs> but, the, but in ancient history. Yeah, sure, and you wouldn't say it now. I don't though. think I, w- I would have said it recently, because... No. You know, things change their meaning and stuff. But I'm pretty sure I've used it. Oh, okay. I don't think I've I called people a retard or whatever. I've definitely done that. Yeah. In fact, I'm sure I called like Raji a retard at some point. Right, okay. On the old podcast. Um, but it's. Uh, I think it would be a personal taste that. I, I don't think generally. I don't think the general consensus would be that that word's more offensive than the word cunt. Well, I don't know. Let's put that up to a Well, point. it wouldn't be as offensive as race, certain racial slurs, for no, example. No, for sure. Or, or certain um, sexual slurs. But I would say Sorry. that cunt would be 
con- deemed to in, in the public consensus as offensive as a as a racial slur. Okay, well, like the Black Eyed Peas, I believe they on their album had a song called "Let's Get Retarded." They wouldn't have a song probably on there called "Let's Get a Cunt," would they? So, Let's get a what? Cunt. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't have a Let's song. Let's get a cunt. Well, I don't know, like the same thing. Well, uh, probably not, but probably because that wouldn't make sense. No, all right, put put that into a song title then. Uh, you can't compare. Let's get retarded to let's get a cunt because that <laughs> that doesn't mean the same thing at no. all, does it? Okay, but they wouldn't have, they wouldn't be a song where they're singing around like let's get what cunty and hit like they wouldn't do that, would they? No, probably not. No, I don't know what point you're making. What's in my tea? <laughs> they definitely wouldn't. They definitely you know what wouldn't. I mean, do they that. wouldn't have a song ever called that, right? Then they have a music video for the R one, R word one. Stop saying R word, girl. Retarded. They have, that's the reason why I learned the other day that it was cat retarded word was because they saw them dancing around to it. What's going on? Right, go on. And so I was shocked and like I was. But they're not like, doing. Let's oh. get. What was the, what was your, the other song again? You said, sing it again. Let's get in. Cunty and hit. <laughs> That's a nice way of saying but it. But why would they say that? That doesn't make any sense. Well, okay, for example, I think retarded has just, has just fallen out of favour as a word. So it's sure. now been... I can remember when I was at school, somebody called someone an... Uh, it might have been somebody like idiot. Okay. Or something. It might have just been that. And the English teacher got really angry and said, do you know the origin of that word? And do you know an what that idiot? means? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because oh. it was meant to be someone who had an actual mental deficiency. It was, it was oh. that sort of thing. I'm, it might not have been idiot. It was it was a word as, that would seem as innocent as that, mm. but she got really really angry about it. it. Really tell someone off for it. If you ever got told off for saying a rude word, like at school, I have. I don't. <laughs> but I mean, you should really be pulled up for even turning up at school these days. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't today. Never mind swearing. You can't I go in and go. I am fifty now. I can swear. I got attention. Did you? What, I didn't even you know what the word meant. What did you say? I said wanker. Wanker. And who did you say it to? Uh, well, you'll love this. Uh, Daniel, a boy, because I was really tall at school, much taller yeah, than a lot of the boys. Huge. He said something about taller oh, than the school. Me and Ernie, like spot the giant, and I went. Me and Daniel spot the wanker, and then my teacher heard that and gave me a detention, and I didn't even know what the word meant. Do you know that I never got a detention in my entire school life? Mm-hmm. Not once. That's good, good not boy. Once. Thanks, good boy. Um, spaz is an acceptable word. No, it's not. Has been an acceptable word in the United States until very recently. Really? Yep. It's in comics and everything. Spaz. In, put it into a sentence. Like a, You're a spaz. Oh, okay. Right. I wasn't sure if it was meant something else. No, no, no. It mean, in, in the in the way people would use it when we were kids. Spaz meaning spastic, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. They don't have that it's word. It's in loads of Marvel they, comics. But they don't. Do they don't, don't you have the word spastic? Do they in America that they use? Surely. Do they have the word? Well, I mean, there's certain words that I don't think I've ever heard that word being used anywhere. Can you? I mean, actually, I don't know how you Google that, Toby. The tricky, tricky one. Yeah, she's American. Yeah. Do you have the word spastic in America? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Meaning as an insult to be like, you're, an, I- you're an idiot. Tell me, Amir, what it means. Oh, that's a bit offensive. She said uh, it means gnat. No, she did not. <laughs> she did not say that. Um, yeah, it means, there you go. So she said it means spaz. Ah, okay. What's the most offensive word would you say that would be in, Amer- in America? Is it the C word? C word. Okay. Would retarded be considered offensive in America? Yeah. Uh, just says yes, but people still say it. Uh, okay. 
Well, there's um, I've been watching It's Only Sunny in Philadelphia, the repeats, you know, the, the TV series. The repeats? Well, I presume you weren't watching it as it was being recorded. <laughs> uh, <and laughs> one of the episodes is called... Um, what like, repeats? It's on it's Netflix, Netflix, isn't it? That's what I mean. But they're like, not repeats. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I really didn't mean repeats. I meant the earlier series. God, the repeat. I everything on Netflix all the time, don't they? <laughs> Uh, and there's an episode called like D dates are retarded. Netflix is all repeats. <laughs> okay, <laughs> a faux pas. No, there's an episode which uh, one of the guys um, from it, Dennis, guy that plays was like, I regretted it because there's an episode called D dates are retarded person. Yeah, yeah. And then the whole thing about obviously now he's like, yeah, I wish we hadn't. Well, South Park certainly used it a lot. Or Never. St- I imagine they still do. I'm sure Cartman would have said it a lot. For sure, yeah. I guess that would be in the context of that character because he's a bit of a shit. Well, but would. South Park use racial slurs. No, like the obvious racial slurs. No, I wouldn't have thought those. so. No, I don't think they would either. So they wouldn't. I mean, there's lots of words, obviously, that we can't use anymore. Well, that like, we would. What ones? I'm not saying. What What are the words that we we acknowledge we can't use anymore? But Nat's going to give us a little list of them now. No, like, okay. So I was watching. Um, actually, what I was watching on YouTube, I didn't. Like something called The Laws of the Playground, which was a TV show that used to be on Channel Four. I remember that. Um, and I can't remember who was it that talked about. Um, well, you can't say it anymore. I don't even remember this guy's before my time, but someone being a Joey. Yeah, Joey Deacon. Yeah, I don't, and I Googled him because I hadn't heard of him, and I was like, Jesus, was that a thing? People yeah, used to it was, say that. Yeah, yeah, very much so. That's horrible to, to um, say that. It is, but it's, it was kids. It wasn't sure. like... yeah. I think it was almost without malice. Yeah. Generally, those things are almost without malice because sure. it's like, well, there's just a fundamental misunderstanding, fundamental fundamental misunderstanding of what the implication of that is. I'm saying it. Yeah. Okay. Right, well, At my school, one. certainly Joey was banded about. Definitely. Oh, was it? Right. Joey. That wasn't a good one. Okay. So you can't I say can't the word say, Joey anymore. Well, no, you can say Joey, but I think... Just not in that respect. Well, I think, yeah, no, I don't know if Joey D can say I think, it. Well, I think there was a thing... Do you know what? I think that was as much as anything, which I would imagine would still exist nowadays. Yeah. Um, I think it was a rebellion against Blue Peter. I do, I really do, because I think Blue Peter, I think there was a certain sort of child, of which I was probably one of them, but not an extreme case, who thought Blue Peter was pious and, like, I remember Dodd saying to me that he hated Blue Peter because it was trick learning. What does that mean? He said they would teach you things without you realising. And he, <laughs> well, and he didn't that's a like good it. thing, is No, it? but he sees that as a clandestine, underhanded thing. I never got on with it. You never got on with it. I just couldn't. I wanted. I was just always waiting for neighbours to come. It's on. a really boring program. It wasn't for me. No, I was, same. Get rid of that. Same. News around out the way. So I think neighbors. when Blue Peter, pardon the pun, wheeled out someone like Jerry Deacon, um, it was there was an element. Are you right there? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of tea came out your nose then. Snorted as um, well. Oh God. When that happened, I think that the kids that didn't like Blue Peter would also see that as as being un- undermining Blue Peter as well. Yeah. Because they were meant to be like, oh, this poor man, oh, this, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, sure. Which I don't know if Jerry Deacon himself even wanted. Did he speak? Of a fashion. Okay, I just need to research him a bit more. Yeah. But, no, he could communicate, yes, oh, okay, certainly, right, right. certainly. So, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure, as He's I recall. still with us? No, no longer. Oh, okay, right. Um, here we go. Uh, idiots. Idiots was formerly a legal and psychiatric category of profound intellectual disability, where a person's mental age is two years or less. Oh. So it maybe it was. No, it was imbecile. No, cretin. It was cretin. You can't say the word cretin. It was cretin. So it was cretin that the person in my class said, and the English teacher, Miss Eastwood, got really upset about it. It was cretin that they'd said. Okay. 
and she was saying, do you know what that word no, means? She got, she got really angry. So it means a person's mental age is two years or less. And do you know that Miss Eastwood used mm. to um, do the weirdest thing? She used to read books, right? You know, they'd read out with the front of the class mm. teacher. Mm-hmm. She'd read with her eyes shut. No, she would Genuinely did. She did it like, like that, like David Blunkett. She would read like that. Was she that. reading a Braille book? I don't know. No, she wasn't blind. Oh, right, okay. I don't really understand then. Um, what's this that's going on? Yeah, Chris, that, thank you for these um, Toby's, updates. Toby's on the ball. Or <coughs> Jess, uh, one or two. Don't know which one. Uh, congenital iodine deficiency syndrome is cretinism. That's what that is. Previously ah. known as cretinism. is a condition of severely stunted physical and mental growth owing to untreated congenital deficiency of thyroid hormone, congenital hyperthyroidism, usually owing to maternal hyperthyroidism. So, really, I would pull up Miss Eastwood now, because I yeah. think the lad who called the other lad that, the lad that he called it, I think that applies to. <laughs> we've just trick-learned people. We've just done a blue Peter there. We have. We've trick-learned you there. Barry's listened to this. He'll be livid now, Do you know he? what? Dodds gets genuinely angry at learning stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even saying that as a joke. He gets angry at learning stuff. What, does he think that like, I've learned enough? I don't, I don't know what more. it is. Honestly, he has a real... Mm. Uh, I think, anyway... He has a real barrier up to learning anything new and gets angry if he's taught something. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, really cross about Interesting. It. You wouldn't like it at all. Uh, me and Barry did the Parapod Live last night. Oh, where did you do it? In, like, no- in act- Nottingham. Actually, like, as in, like... No, next week. Oh, it's, it's, it hasn't happened yeah, yet, then? Yeah, no. Oh, no. How, was, how was it? <laughs> it's good. It's completely sold out. In Nottingham Comedy. So it sold out in an hour. Amazing. From announcing it. It, sold out. it was never on general release. Because I did it on my Patreon. We offered them the tickets on Patreon. And it sold out in an hour. It's great. Just all tickets gone. And that is at the Nottingham Comedy Festival, is yeah, it? Yeah, go on then. Is it? I don't know. Oh, you're just in Nottingham? <laughs> in Nottingham, yeah. Just going to turn I up I think it's part of the Comedy Festival. You I sold think. tickets? It sold out. Yeah, but I thought it could just be like... You weren't not, sure. I'm not messing. It's, oh, no, it's okay. completely, right. It completely sold out six months ago. Well, who do hour. you think will be there? I, I know exactly who will be there. Gareth Bundy. Yes, I think he bought Julie tickets. Julie Prunes. She bought tickets, yeah. Connor Wallace. Don't be ridiculous. No. You don't go anyways. No, can't in rural, Scotland, rural Scotland. John Beck. Buy the tickets. John, of He's course. He's got tickets. Of course. Yeah. If you run out of steam with that no, conversation. No, I haven't. <laughs> I was just naming, just naming so some was that, people. Sorry, was that the end of that? <laughs> Who was that guy? Walrus guy. Walrus Robot guy? Robot Walrus? He always... Joe, Joe. Don't know. Oh, don't surprise, know. surprise. Um, I'll tell you what I wanted to tell you. Mm. Let me just get my deep voice going. <clears throat> Hang on. <clears throat> And how do we keep our balance? That I can tell you in one word. Tradition! By the way, it's seven minutes long there, so you're going to go for a poo or something, then go and do that. Because of our traditions, we've kept our balance for many, many years. Here in Anatevka, we have traditions for everything. How to sleep, how to eat, how to work, how to wear clothes. For instance, we always keep our heads covered and always wear a little prayer shawl. 
This shows our constant devotion to God. You may ask, how did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. One day and night must scramble for a living, feed a wife and children, send his daily press, and who has a right as master of the house to have the final word at home? Has this just been ripped directly from the soundtrack? I can hear like banging and stuff as if it's from the actual scenes. So it's not from the soundtrack album, is it? Where's it from? Let's get rid of it. It was just—it's just obviously been ripped straight from the soundtrack of the film. Oh, it's very um, quick. Do you love me? That's in Fiddler on the Roof, isn't it? Well, the Beatles song. That's one of the songs. The Beatles song. They got a song called "Do You Love Me." No, they're not. Do you love? Yeah, they have. Not the Beatles. Who did that song then? Not the Beatles. Oh. Was it Berry? Chuck Berry? No. Chuck Berry might have recorded it. This is also called Do You Love Me, but that was the joke, and this isn't the one. God, this is fucking awful as well. Let's turn this off. I put a better song on now. I've got to find something at short because Anthony Horowitz is coming in. Uh, there we go. Uh, that's This one's two minutes, so we're still, still on time for Anthony Horowitz. Did I then just do three songs, ran, pick randomly on the bounce, mm-hmm. and every one of them was absolutely dreadful? Because I think Toby was in charge of the music what, on that you, one. Toby, you're a fucking idiot. No, oh, I should have said Cockwumble then. Cock, yeah, that's his insult of uh, choice. Anthony, we're, this is Toby over here. We don't really know what he does. Work experience thing. Stephen Merchant lookalike. Isn't he no, though? Yes, yeah, he really he is. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're correct. You are, you do like merch. You really do like Stephen Merchant. Yeah, it's alright. It it right yeah, of course it is. But we've, uh, we're abusing him today. Well, oh, ma- mainly me. Of his choice of music, just for fun. Oh, oh right. Yeah. No, and we asked him to put on the screen where it's gone now. What his insult of choice would be, and he said cockwomble. Cock- what is a cockwomble? Not sure. Know. Not actually sure. But when cock- you look at it, it fits, doesn't it? Yeah, it cock- makes wobbler. sense, right? <laughs> cockwobbler, I think. Is really my cock- my, my nice. insult of choice for today, but not about you. Mate. No, ten- not about call you. it him. Say it to him. Cockwobbler. Choose some decent music next time. Yes. Even the guests are insulting you now. <laughs> so, we're going to be speaking today about The Sentence is Death. I've got a copy of it here. It's massive, this copy of it. Massive in what sense? Isn't that a massive book? No, it's not that big. It's just... It's that a, is. It's more about 300 pages. It's about, about average. Is it hardcover, first of all? Uh, it is in hardcover, so yeah. That'll you, be what you've got is the paperback. airport special order. Yeah. yeah. It's a thing. It's a proof copy. Is it? Oh, that's, mm-hmm. that's and right. It's then it's full of free. errors, mistakes, and things like that stuff. Yeah, but well, pretty much the same. Yeah, well, it says free proof copy, so I'm keeping it. Not for resale. This is an uncorrected book. That's right. Every one has a little chip in it. So if you do resell it, we will know it was you. <laughs> I wouldn't do that, though. Would you sign it for me, though? I, I, I would very happily sign it. And you definitely could have your name in it. And then we'll yeah, you can sign it to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, do, do that. That's nice. Um, 
I don't. I I wouldn't sell something on eBay no. in that respect. I'd be too scared to get caught. Well, I always say about signed copies of my books, or the rare ones, or the unsigned. The ones that copies, aren't. Yeah, you know, yeah. The, these days, publishers just put you in a warehouse with this great mountain of books, and you sign so many of them. Mm. Actually, you know, the, it's a rare book of mine. It doesn't have my name in it. But nevertheless, though, first editions. When someone's as successful as you are, when you get first editions of things like, and they're signed. Yeah. If I die, and that's what really that, the value does notch up. <laughs> and don't get any ideas. He's looking at me. Looking at me very strangely. When there, you ideas, but no, but that's the truth of it. I mean, I mm. collect. I collect books and if you get a book like an Ian Fleming for example yeah. a signed Ian Fleming is worth quite a bit of money nowadays because of sure. course he can't do any more yeah I've got a signed John Updike yeah it's probably worth a bit too I'd have thought What's, which one it's, it's probably not because it's um, a thingy and uh, oh gosh what are they called from Hamlet Claudius and Gertrude. Oh, right, okay. Well, as I say, you know, we're not talking about a fortune, Cindy. You know, it'll go up sort of 30 or 40 P. So it won't cost anything. That. It won't get anything because I've cut the page out that he signed and framed it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Destroying the value of the book and the page, but still making a nice thing to put on your nice wall. But a nice display for the I wall, think so. I think. That's, that's what I want it for. I want it for... No, that's great. I always think signed books are um, kind of a waste because mm. I like to display an autograph. If, if someone that I really respect, you know, someone that I really like. Well, so I've got like a few Randy Newmans and stuff around the house and stuff. Oh, that's nice to have. Um, yeah. And I just like framing them on the walls. I have signed books by Fleming and by Conan Doyle. And okay, the reason wow. I do that Goodness. is because you probably know that I've written Fleming novels and Doyle. Yeah. I've done Sherlock Holmes and I've done Bond. And when I wrote those books, I wanted to have something that the original authors had actually touched they'd handled, and yeah. so they'd handled that and you may have the same feeling when you put up your Randy Newman or whatever yeah. you know he actually yeah. had it in his hand and he signed it then and there and it's valuable it's funny people ask me sometimes for an autograph and they always oh I'm so sorry do you mind etc etc and I, and I sort of say you know come on it's a squiggle of my hand I'm happy to do it yeah. and then when I meet big shot writers I'm exactly the same. I'm so embarrassed to ask this about you. Do you mind and terrible? But I just love an autograph. I, yes, I, I don't have that so much. I don't get embarrassed asking for autographs. I noticed when you asked me. Yeah, no, no, totally no, embarrassed. No embarrassment. Do you know what? Where I've got that from? January, I've got that from. Yeah. It's Oliver Hardy. Oliver Hardy, apparently, when they worked in live I shows. Stan Laurel from Laurel Hardy. Hardy yeah. Yeah. Oliver Hardy, when they did live shows and when they would go and they would have a company with them. Which didn't happen very much, but you know they'd have chorus lines and all that uh -huh. sort of thing. Um, he would, and I think it was an intentional thing in some respects, but I also think it was a genuine thing in others. He would go and get everybody's autograph from the company. He would go around all the oh, dress yeah. rooms and get them to sign a playbill for him, uh -huh. um, which I think was partly because he was like, he wasn't quite as showbiz as Stan Laurel was in terms of the industry. Mm. But I th so I think he liked that. But I also think it was quite a considered thing to go. It's fine. We're, we're all fine. We're all on the same level here. I, th you know, when I'm doing it for kids, I think it's a nice. It's the easiest thing in the world to make a kid happy with a signed postcard mm. or a book or whatever. And so I'm always happy to do it. Yeah, but it's out of favour, though, Watergrass. It's worry. Uh, it's out of favour. Out, out of favour. Um, selfies so is the thing sure now. Not yeah. Yeah. What is it? Oh, yeah. I guess so. Of course. Yeah, you, yeah. yeah. You're right. Those. I mean, you know, autographs and autograph books are still exchanging hands for a lot of money and stuff. So. I really uh, like them. I've how got. Do you I've know got a load. It's the real power. You, you just, you just like, have to choose to believe that, that it is. There are companies that. that sell, you know, autograph this and autograph that for right. a lot of money. And mm. I always wonder, are you sure right, you know yeah. what you're getting? Um, but I think you just have to. I remember, do you remember Frank Skinner years ago bought Elvis's shirt, mm. and then he wasn't sure if it was Elvis's shirt. Sure. And then somebody, one of Elvis's backing singers, said, "No, that's definitely Elvis's shirt." How how he would know, I don't know. But ah. um, I'm sure that Skinner said at that point. You just have to believe. Just believe You'd it. Have to believe if you have any real. doubt that it is, then that'll okay. ruin it for you. Yeah. So just believe. If you believe that it is, then it is. Sure. Why not? And I've got yeah, I've got I've got a few. I've got a few people, and it's it's people that I, I've got a few Les Dawson's, and I've got uh, 
a few uh, Daniel Handlers as well. Okay. And both as Lemony Snicket and as Daniel Handler. Yeah. God, Ian, you're telling us so much about yourself with, the, with your autograph collection. Yeah, it's an idea. <laughs> Gene Wilder, there, actually. Oh, oh, I love Gene Wilder. Yeah. I've got Gene Wilder. I've got, Gene got Wilder. Mel Brooks. And but a did, Gene you get, did you get uh, Marty Feldman? Because Gene Wilder, Marty Feldman, Frankenstein, they were so great together. I can't get a Feldman. Well, you tried. But I've, I actually have. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I've displayed Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder together. Uh-huh. Gene Wilder's a signed page from his book, again, Kiss Me Like a Stranger. And uh, the Mel Brooks one is a signed page from the Young Frankenstein book. Mm. Wow, that's, that what that's, that's really nice. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm d- what, the whole point of this was to say, I'm not going to put your autograph on eBay. And I'll be very happy to sign the book for Thank you, you now, oh, knowing it's nice. in such good company. Yeah, exactly. No, totally. It's totally is that. So we were going through earlier on the stuff that you've done. Mm. Nat said you made up Midsummer Murders, which did. isn't true. I didn't no, know this. I, was, I did create the TV series. Did you I, create I, it? Yeah, I did. Look, there was, <gasps> it was a, book, uh, there was a series of books by Caroline Graham. They were called Agatha Christie on Acid. They were terrific thrillers. Okay. And somebody came to me and said, will you do a TV series based on these books? We're going to call it Barnaby. And Barnaby, of course, is the name of the detective mm-hmm. in there. And yeah. I said, mm-hmm. I read the book, and I saw a couple of the books. And I said, look, the hero here is not the detective. It's the place. That's what this is all about. Call it Midsummer Murders. So I did actually put those two words together. And then when it came to writing the original sort of first seven double episodes, because they were two hours long, um, I sort of sh- crafted the show. As oh, well, okay. which is, you know, wow. So I do get a sort of a created by, in small letters, I think. Because, you know, well, there are other people. There was a producer. There was Caroline Graham. And, yeah. you know, so, but I was very much there at day one. Well, then I apologise, Natalie. Yeah, because... For making... Tr- trying to make fun of you. Yes, he was When it transpired it that what you said was actually correct. technically true. Yeah. Toby, you're still a prick. Um, and foils, foils war. Yeah, I saw that. Um, foils, foils war. Foils war. Foils war. That, 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 that foils war was all my work. That, yes, oh, yeah. that and my wife Jill Green. Jill Green was a producer on that show, and she and I have been married for a long time and have worked together on lots of shows together. And um, and we came up with that idea in about 1999. How's after, Actually, after I left Midsummer Murders, I stopped writing Midsummer Murders. Got fed up with with just the amount of death I was sort of putting into yeah. the scripts, and decided to try and do a whodunit. This really is the beginning of all my sort of career where I am now. The idea was, could a whodunit be something more than the butler did it? Yeah. If you read, you just said that's a big, chunky book there, 300 pages of um, the sentences, death, for example. I meant in surface. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, mm. but, but it's still the same point. If you're going to give up two or three days of your life to read that book, you want something more at the end of it than the butler did it, or the dentist Understood. did it, or the doctor did okay. it. So Foyle's War was an attempt to do just that by moving it into the Second World War and telling stories that nobody knew about, about 1940 to 47 and, and what was happening in this country and all the extraordinary things that happened. And at the same time, yes, there were murders, but they weren't sort of the most important thing in the book. Okay. So, that's, so that was the beginning of, of, of the sort of the later part of my, of my writing. How tired do you get? Never, I don't get tired. Do you really not? No. Do you no, write all well, the time? Do you? I write all the time. I love writing. I mean, yeah. just as like, yeah, you know, how long do you spend in the studio a day, two of you together? Uh, I do it once every two once weeks. Once a fortnight, so he's in here for, it's four, for hours. four hours. And then on a daily thing, it can be three hours, it can be oh, two hours. Sorry, it's not... I thought you were going to answer 12 hours a day. No, and a begrudge every second. I of love I love what I do. I love writing. I love writing mysteries and thinking up clues and murders and suspects and beguiling people and tricking people. You know, so far nobody's read the sentence is death has guessed the ending. And to me, that puts a big smile on my face. All those hours plotting it and thinking about it and layering it with the different sort of suspects and red herrings and all the rest of it has paid off. And so it's just, you know, to me... It's not ten hours a day or twelve hours a day. It's it's just it's, it's just the moment. I just love every moment of it. So just I didn't notice doing, time yeah. pa- passing. Hmm. That's incredible. And that's when I guess you know you hit your calling, isn't it? Really, I guess. Well, I knew from the age of ten. I mean, I started writing when I was. T- I knew I wanted to be a writer when I was at 
ten-year-old boy in a horrible school in North London, a boarding school, sort of having a miserable time. Did you knew you could do it though? Did you know? I that learned point, it because at the school, which was a boarding school, I used to tell stories to the other kids in the dormitory to sort of cheer them up, and everyone everyone was depressed. It was a horrible, abusive place. What was what? In North, in North London. North London, yeah. North London, yeah. Their lawyers have attacked me, saying if I ever, you know, mention their name without saying, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, but they duty of care, doesn't it? The boy bad-mouthing the school. They don't worry about the experience I've had. Yeah. They do yeah, worry yeah, about yeah. the sort of fact that I might land them in it. Anyway, you can find it out easily enough. I'll okay. just put my name in and prep school and up it will pop. Right. Uh, but, and I'm sure it's a lovely place now. now I'm sure yeah, it's a yeah, wonderful, yeah. wonderful school right now. But then it wasn't. And to cheer right. the kids up, I told stories. And in that moment, I stopped being the sort of the tubby you um, unpopular, always in trouble kid, and became a storyteller. Okay. And at that moment, I found my calling. That's an amazing thing, I think. And then to see that through, how old are you now? Do you mind me asking? I'm 63. It's terrible. I'm are you 63? So if, if a little kid I was then could see a 63 year old man sitting in this studio talking to you about what my 49th or 50th novel, he wouldn't believe it. I mean, I still find it incredible that you know that I've been going so long and that I've reached this age. It's it's not great, when it's with you. Turning 60 was a bit of a shock to the system. Well, you don't. If it, on, on looks, you don't look it. First of all. Well, that's nice. Of you. No, you, you genuinely don't. I'd have said, like, sort of maybe late 40s, early 50s. Well, I'm very happy to hear it. Although, actually, having said that, one of the funny things is that these days I don't care anymore, you know. Yeah. You get old and you realise that the world belongs to other people, to, you to you know, the next generation, and that you have a certain amount of time left. I try and work and, you know, do, do good work still and, you know, still surprise people and myself with the writing I do. But at the end of the day, I'm very comfortable with the age I am. It's a funny yeah. thing. When I was in my 30s, in fact, in my 30s and 40s, that was when I was getting twitchy and worried. When you, you know, when you have kids and you, mm. and you start realising that you're losing your freedoms in life. Mm. And, you, and, you know, little funny things like, you know, if you get really pissed at night that you're going to pay for it the next day, okay. which you didn't do before, yeah. suddenly, you know, a hangover, you know, hang stays with you. Little things like that get you really paranoid and worried about getting old. But when you actually do get to the point where actually you can't really disguise your age and don't even try to, I mean, you know, mm. Botox or hair cut all that sort of stuff. He was going to say you long know, hair then, wasn't he? He looked to me and was going to say long hair. And then no, no, he, I was going to say long hair. People don't grow their hair long to disguise their they age. They, they do have implants, they do have do dyes disguise and stuff like that. Faces. And you, I'm not <laughs> sure your beard is going actually a very sort of, you know, distinguished I like shade that. of grey. I love yeah. that. There, which is looking really good on you. Well, did you know what? I've got the same thing with age, though, I, is I really, really, am, I love getting old. Like, I uh, properly do. I really like it. Have you got kids or any of that stuff? No, nothing like that at all. No, not at all. Well, I think that's what ages you more than anything else in the world is having kids. I mean, that's. I'm not but again, you know, age is. A, they said this. Age is a state of mind, and I never want to be sort of grumpy and old and 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 sort of you know and set in my ways. Well, I, just, I think that the, the you know. God, it's all cliches. How can you talk about age without talking in cliches? Mm. You're only as old as you feel. Yeah. All that stuff. It's true. But when you. What I would imagine must feel very satisfying is when you say there was it forty nine fifty books. When you look back at your legacy already, so even as a still a still living author, your legacy already is only going to get larger. I think what's great is not so much looking back. I try never to look back. Is one of the things in my life is I don't look back. Okay. We look forward. And I think what's good is is that quite honestly, my books are getting better. And I think that's the most important thing. If you're going to keep writing and be a long-distance writer, if you're going to keep doing what you do or what you do, you know, the, 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 all the world... The thing is, as long as you're getting better at it or, or, or certainly not getting worse, I think that's what matters. And to mm. me, writing has always been an adventure. And I think that, the you know, trying to write books that, that haven't been done before, ideas that have never been done before and surprising people with, 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 with stories that will, you know, not just beguile them with who did it, but actually make them smile. Go, you know, where did you, how did you think that up? Yeah. 
to me, that's the fun of it all. And fun, actually, is, is the biggest, is the most important thing in a writer's life. I spend a lot of time on my own. I spend a lot of time, you know, just in a room writing. And therefore, having fun and making sure that there's always a smile in it matters. Yeah. You're making me feel guilty. Do why? Feel guilty? Why? Because you, yeah. you, you you're comedy. You're a comedian. I, I've got you a, well, I don't do stand-up anymore, but I've got a... I think abnormal work ethic. I think it's quite... I think my work ethic is really good. Like, really good. Meaning what? Meaning I work every day and I okay. work hard every day. And when you're not here, what do you do? Um, I I do podcasts. I, do, I write. I I've just made a film off my own back. Wow. Which we just put together. You know, we just found funding and put it together oh, and made amazing. it ourselves. Um, so lo- lots of different things. And I have a Patreon page that I, w- I put stuff on every single day. Which is it's a self-funding thing. Uh-huh, so it's it's uh-huh. thing I put stuff on the stuff that I'm working on every single day, and it it knackers me. And look, it really does exhaust me because you've got to do the stuff as well, as well as regaling uh-huh. them on on there. You've still got to do the stuff as well. But I still feel like I've not found the, the rhythm yet. I still feel like I've not found the rhythm. I, I think I'm doing too many different things at the same time. How old are you? And you asked me. So I'm 45. All right, okay. 24, you're, you're, 24! You're, oh, I keep forgetting. I was going to say, you're looking extremely yeah, 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 yeah. good on 45. Uh, no, I'm 45, I am 45. Oh, you are 45? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that was a massive compliment It's January 5th. Oh, I thought you were going bad there. Thought, no, no, I'm 45, yeah, yeah, I'm, 45. yeah I'm 45. Yeah, oh, right. yeah. Well, 73 I was born. Just, just, wow. say that you, just say that you're 24 then. I should do, shouldn't I? Yeah, but what do you mean that you're kind of? Do you, do you, you I, do I think my focus is all over the place. So I think I'm doing. So I'm one day I'm editing the film. The next day I'm doing some art stuff. The next day mm. I'm doing you know some commission art stuff or something. Right. The next day I'm writing some stuff for the books. I'm you know the things I'm trying to get published and that. Okay. All those sort of things. I, I think there's no focus, so there's no rhythm. So do you plan it out your week like today? Not very you well. You know, no. I always avoid rhythm and focus and routine routine okay. is the biggest fear in my life though. I think if you especially if you're a writer the idea that you spend sort of you know nine until five or four or three mm. whatever it is or two thousand words a day sitting at your desk you know having a method of work and all that stuff routine kills you, you actually what you need is, is a life is if you're going to be in the creative arts in any field I think uh, you need to be able to vary things up and, and so you know I, I always say that writing is like telepathy that when I come to my desk if I'm excited and, and, and surprised and having fun and, and enjoying what I'm doing then the, the reader will be too mm-hmm. so, it, so it sort of transmits itself so I, I, I don't like routine I don't like to know exactly where I am every day If you're writing all the time because I spoke to I've had a blank on her name, that's really bad. Who mm. wrote One of Us Is Lying? Karen McManus. Karen McManus. Yeah. We interviewed Karen McManus, um, who wrote One of Us Is Lying, which is a great book. Um, and I was talking to her about, this wasn't actually on air, but I talked to her about reading at the same time that you're writing, and she said she avoids reading anything when she's writing because she, she finds it a real distraction. She's only written, at that point, she's only written one, one novel anyway. It was a teen novel that just did very, very well. Mm-hmm. But... Um, are you still able to read? I can, so I can sympathise with what you were saying. I completely understand that. Yes, I can read because I can compartmentalise. So, okay. you know, I finish work, shall we say, I don't know, 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock, whatever in the evening. Have some have a supper, have a drink, maybe watch a bit of television mm. and then read in bed for an hour and then go to sleep. So in other words, it's all compartmentalised and it doesn't sort of bleed into itself. What I can't do is listen to music when I'm writing. I can't have anything going on in okay. my head. Certainly not other people's words. And actually, I don't really like having people talking around me. Mm. I can block it out, but basically I like silence or at least not words. I don't mind noise. I listen but to words. soundtracks when I write. Well, I like Philip Glass. I listen to a lot okay. of music. Philip Glass, I don't know if you know his work, mm. he's a minimalist sort of classical composer and he's often called the composer for writing 
meters okay. because he his his work is very repetitive and therefore it's very soothing and you can listen to it without listening to it. I think it's brilliant Understood, yeah. as well, but it just sort of doesn't interfere with the words. So I listen to a lot of Philip Glass when I'm working. Bach does the same for me as well, J.S. Bach. Okay. I don't tend to listen to modern pop music because it's too demanding yeah. to listen to. There's mm. lots of classical music that you can sort of put into the back of your head. I remember when I was younger, I could work and listen to any music at all. That was fine. And I, as soon as I got older, mm. that it was exactly what you said there. Anything with lyrics in it or anything spoken within it will really put me off concentration. But I can happily stick on whatever, Jaws, or whatever, and any soundtrack. I'm a big fan of, of movie I soundtracks. Love, I like movie soundtracks, so too. I've always loved like them, that. And, they're, and they're great because... They they bring images with them if you want them to. And, yeah, and sure. Jaws is a wonderful course. You know the the deep the, the double cello with a double bass. That yeah, the shark is a wonderful music. And I used to love listening to Ennio Morricone and Nino mm -hmm. Rota, Bernard Herrmann, who did yep. all the Hitchcock mm -hmm. films. These are all my favourite composers. Yeah, there we go. See, we're exactly the same. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Pretty much very Except similar. that Anthony has written <clears> fifty <throat> books. Well, I mean, you. That's the only difference. You can get starting now, and then you'll have fifty out in no time. <laughs> I am going to finish my book one day, <laughs> and then you'll all be sorry. <laughs> I wrote a novel about um, ten years ago, mm. and I read some of it recently, and God, it was awful. Oh. But it, I thought that was interesting. In fact, there we go. So that's quite interesting. Do you, oh, you say you don't look back? Do you think if you did look back at your old work now, you'd go, God, this was terrible? Um, when you say that it's in, when you say it's improving now. I don't think it was ever. I don't think my work was ever terrible. I think that you know, because I got published at a very early age. I was okay. published for the first time when I was twenty-one wow. or two. That's a long time ago. And if I look at that book now, which I haven't done for a very long time, oh, it's a little bit. It's a little bit young. It's a little bit silly, maybe. But it, but I don't think it was terrible. And I have looked at some of my early work because of the Alex Ryder books. I'm mm. writing Alex mm -hmm. Ryder at the moment, and that means that I have to keep going back and seeing what I've done in all the earlier books. So I get back to at least 2000. That was the first one I wrote, Stormbreaker. Okay. So I've had to reread that and all of them in order to sort of keep myself up to date with where Alex is now. Yeah. And as I read them, I think that you know they've definitely changed. It's interesting to see what's happened over the series. You know, not only have I got older, but so has Alex. Alex has he's only aged one year in the 16 years I've been writing about him but even so after all those adventures and escapes and danger and trauma he's grown up into he's become quite a sort of a dark character and it's interesting to watch that progression and also to look at my own self you know in the first Alex Ryder book there is a character called uh, Mr. Grin who's got a disfigurement he's caught a knife in a, in a okay. circus act and it cut his face open who is a bit like the Joker or Mrs. Yeah. Stellenbosch in Point Blank and nowadays in the later Alex Ryder books I'm not doing jokes like that anymore it's Understood. all got a bit more sort of grown up slightly. Yeah. but then again you've got to think of the kid who reads the books who might be nine or ten years old when he or she starts reading them they might be 13, you. 14, 15 mm. by the end and their reading develops and they get yeah. more confident and they don't need the silly jokes and the sort of the slapstick well, they're happy to just to have the, have the sort of slightly more serious book completely well Rowling nailed that I think in Harry Potter very much so Rowling completely and by the end of the books you've got some of her, Harry's best friends getting killed and all yeah. that stuff and Voldemort becomes ever more grim and darker and, and that's what happens it's an interesting thing in a series even the Bond novel as well, the Bond yeah. as a character, his wife gets killed in on Her Majesty's Secret Service, and by the end of the books, he is pretty sort of wrecked, uh, you know, and and and, and bashed around and, and damaged. Yeah. I think it's interesting to watch what happens to a series. You know, going back to the, the 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 word is murder and the sentence of death, which is about one character called Daniel Hawthorne. It'll be interesting to see. I'm planning to do ten or eleven books in that series, okay. and I'll be interested to see what happens to him as I continue to is write. This, is this the first one or second one? This uh, the sentence of death is number two. You know that the, the big one, okay. twist in this is that, that Hawthorne is the detective, so he's Sherlock Holmes. But the idea of the book is that he hires a writer to write about his adventures in order to make money. That's the premise of nice, it. Nice. Okay. And the writer he hires is me. 
So I'm actually a character in my own book as in well. In your own oh. book, so you're yeah, playing yourself quite, in that. So it's it's both a whodunit and it's a book about writing. It's you know it's like looking for that extra added value in a book. Oh, that's uh, an exciting. It's quite idea. fun. It's 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 a it's a fun thing to be doing to be able to write not just a whodunit and to beguile people or to fool them, but also to write about what it's like to be a writer and to write about writing and to be yourself. Uh, I presume a version of yourself, but no, it's me. It is pretty much me. Is it I mean, really? my yeah, wife okay. and kids get a little bit nervous because they know they're going to get dragged into this book and they don't want me to give away family secrets and stuff so right. I have to be a little bit careful okay. and my publishers got a bit nervous as well because he said look Anthony you're not going to use this are you to settle scores and you're not going to use it to sort of blow your own trumpet and sell books and I said no 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 it's not, that's not the idea the idea is is to break the mould of whodunit it's to do something that has is what I said to you earlier is to do something that has never been done before and, uh, and, and again that's what gets me up in the morning to do a whodunit you know, think of, imagine Agatha Christie writing a book in which Agatha Christie is a character. Yeah. Instead of it's weird. It's Instead brilliant, of being though. on top of the hill and seeing the whole landscape and knowing who did it from page one and knowing where all the clues are, if you're Watson, you're stuck inside the book, following the detective around, and if he doesn't solve the crime, you don't have a book. So it's, you know, it becomes very meta and, and, and fun. That's really fun. exciting. Again. It really, that's, it's, it's, that's really exciting and, re- and, and kind of inspiring as well to, to, to think, as you said earlier on at the beginning of this, when you were saying about getting better and about looking for new ideas and stuff because you could just sit on your ass and knock these out now well, you know, I could be writing Alex Ryder I mean I've done what is it now 13 or 14 Alex Ryder books by now I could have done 25 and, I, and yeah. it would be a nice paycheck at the end of each you could safely knock them out and yeah exactly but as soon as I get that expression you just use knock them out yeah knocking them out a friend of mine once said, "How many books have you churned out this year?" I never right, spoke okay. to him again because you know I don't um, write. I don't write like that. You know, writing and reading is so valuable, and I'm not not you know I'm not standing on a mountain top here and sort of you know on my knees to the heavens. But I do believe that the the the, the books and, and and literature and reading and you know even stuff like mine entertainments have a sort of a value. And actually, that I sort of feel that I don't want ever to just write formatted stuff to just get the paycheck well it ends up being disposable doesn't it and I think well I, think I wouldn't say my writing isn't disposable I mean to be honest with you you know there's great writers and there's me but but the, but, the, but at the end of the day I'm not after immortality I'm just after writing good books I would argue that they're, they're disposable I, I really would argue that I think if, if, if they were disposable then you wouldn't have the longevity that you've had and you wouldn't have the, rep- the repetition of of uh, New success. Well, you're very kind. It's no, no, it's very nice you to say it. And maybe, maybe I'm being hard on myself, but yeah, you know, all I'm trying to say is yeah. I'm not making, I'm not overclaiming for my books. My books are entertainments. So, you know, there are writers that I admire. I could name like McHugh and Ishiguro, or going back a century or two, Dickens, Trollope, all yeah. those people who I revere as great with a capital G writers. Yeah. And I don't aspire to be a literary writer. But they like were them. populist writers too. So Dickens, you couldn't have got oh, more, Dickens more too. Than oh, a that's actually writer, true. Of course, it's a good point. It's a good point. Of course. In the 19th century, you could be both. You could be yeah. writing great art. In the 20th century, we do have this thing called literary fiction, which is sort of yeah. one era, and there's sort of more popular fiction, which which is another. And they're not, you know, we might we might sit next to each other on the shelves, but we are slightly different. And I'm not saying that one is superior to the other or anything else. I'm really saying that in the it, it's something you talk about age and about you know knowing your place in your career and finding comfort in where you are. I've come to very much to terms with the sort of writing I want to do. I want okay. to write entertaining, beguiling, fun books. There's those three words I've used quite a bit in this chatting to you, but that's that's what I you no, know that's I what I want to do. Um, it's been honestly a pleasure chatting to you. It really, really has, and best of luck with that. You know, with Sense's death, and I'm gonna go and get the first one. When I said to you, is it the first, second one? My heart sank when you said it was the second one because I was like, I was gonna read that on the train on the way. You out. can read the second one without having read I the don't first. Want to. No problem. I wouldn't no, want, you to. want to. Read the first okay, well, one. that would bother that me. Will, it'll work. That it'll work better that way. You're right. That oh. it would upset me, Anthony. <laughs> 
Well, it's out now, the book. came out on the 1st. You, know you, you know when you say, what does she do? This is what she does. <laughs> I get the plugs in. She does the admin. Yeah, I'm very happy. Hardback, I have a 20, chat. She does the admin. 20 pounds in hardback. Um, so go and get it. Don't, don't read number one first if you, you don't, don't if you need to just read number get one number first. two number two is, is um, well there's nothing stopping standard. me going getting it yeah from, go and get, uh, get number one is in paperback the word the one. word is murder in paperback the sentence is death is in hardback unless you're in an airport where you I've can got get it soft I've got and that's which is what you've got an advance proof yeah. um, I'm gonna I could get it at WH Mess at Houston can I yeah then you can pick it up on the way home on my way home hope yeah. so yeah, read both by the time you get to wherever you live. No, because I, I get taken with authors very much so, mm. and I think it's because I've always had aspirations to be one myself. You know, I just don't you're writing. That. You are one. You're an author. Yeah, no, I know. I no, I get that. I, I don't. Yeah, I, I get that. But I um, always find it. I, I do. I get recharged when I speak to an author. I think, and I get recharged, especially someone as passionate as you are, and and, and someone who's. You know, we spoke, we spoke about things being disposable and stuff, and I, I would argue that I would I would argue that your stuff's disposable because of the passion that you bring with you today, because of what you, how you talk about it today. So you, you're not knocking them out. You know what I mean? It, Definitely it, not. No, I'm not knocking them out. But as I say, I, I just simply not trying to pretend to be better than I am. That's all. Well, I'm going to pretend for you. Thank you, Ian. Andrew Harowitz, thanks ever so much, man. Um, yeah, some people call it a beetle bonnet, but I think that sounds, <laughs> even though it's quite descriptive, I think that right. sounds a bit crude. Um, how ace was he? Uh, Anthony Harris was amazing, yeah. an amazing guest. Although I'm livid because th- I didn't know there was a hardcover copy of that book yeah. knocking about. His PR and fucking gave Will's got Will it. Will got one, but he'd already signed your one, so. It's only, you know, it was but too I late. Hard, but he should have known that, Harowitz. He should have been like, is it Harowitz, Horowitz? Horowitz, I um, He should have known that. The, Sorry. As a, somebody who's a bibliophile. Well, what did he say when he left? Your one's worth more money. And you said, I don't care about money. And I'd explained that for yeah, the previous no, half no. hour. I wasn't going to sell it. Anyway, we love him. I hope and Hannah, well done, Will. you got a nice hardback. I hope that Hannah Spirit's got a better attitude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you, Hannah? Hi, what, hello? Hiya, mate. You're right. I'm not bad, thank you. I'm all right. Um, we've just yeah. been speaking to Anthony Horowitz, the writer. Oh, yeah. And he's given a hard copy cover of his book to one of the interns here, and I got a soft cover. That's fair. Oh, you lucky thing. That's not lucky. That's awful. And can I tell you something else as well? I'm not telling tales. Hmm. But somebody in this studio, either my producer or, again, one of the little unpaid helpers, yeah. I've put on the system, they put all the music on the system, and I look down, because they normally put music on that sort of like will be related to the guests in some way. Right. And the nearest I've got for you is fucking Sweet Dreams My LAX by Rachel Stevens. <laughs> oh, I, that's Toby. <laughs> and I don't know. That's can you imagine? Can, can you that. imagine? If, but you can imagine if I put that on before I introduce you. <laughs> <laughs> How rude that would have been. I mean, it is a big song. Oh, it's a good song. It's a banger. I think it would have been rude. So I, I thought I'd just give you full disclosure, Hannah. What are you going to go for now, then? I don't know. What do you advise? Huh? What do you advise? What would you like me to play in relation to you? Um, whatever you want. By, what, by you status want? quo. Huh? By status quo. Yeah. Was, yeah, yeah go on, then. Um, Now, we're going to talk about iDog. Yeah. But here's the thing, right? I've already spoke about iDog with some other guests. Have you? Yeah. Why? You, you know when you were going to be on the show the other week and then you couldn't? Yeah. Well, we were already recording the show at that point. 
shit. So I, yeah. So I just uh, so I just pretended that the two guests I had, which were two yeah. of the two of the lads from the No Such Thing as a Fish podcast, I just right. pretended that they were the star and writer of it. <laughs> 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 and we just did. We got to see one. No, 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 we no. On, we honestly did a half hour ah! interview. <laughs> yeah. About them just speculating what it was about and pretend and saying with great authority what it was about. It, was, it went really well, Hannah. It was really so, good. so well that we've got a sequel for you, I I Dog, which is about on the sea, wasn't it, with yeah. Captain? So like it went so well, the chat. Yeah, yeah. So that's number two. Um, so okay. in a sense, I feel like I've already done this interview, <laughs> even though. I've never spoke to you. Do you know what? I have spoke to you. I spoke to you very briefly one day. It was at a Comic-Con in Nottingham. Really? I, I just said hello what to you. What were you doing there? You weren't dressed up, were you? Uh, no, no, I wasn't. I was there with... Uh, I, w- I work on Red Dwarf, so I was there oh. seeing some of the people from Red Dwarf who were on the next table what? to you. Oh, what, what do you do on Red Dwarf? I do the warm-up on it, and I did a small part in one of the episodes. Oh. Love it. Do like it a lot. Oh, but, brilliant. But that day, when I saw you, it was coming towards the end mm. of the day, and you looked fed up. Oh, did I? <laughs> yeah, you, you really did. When was this? It would have been maybe two years ago in Nottingham. It was oh, M- right. MCon, I think it was called. It was quite a new one at that point. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, that's with... Um... Oh, I can't remember his name now. Is it Lee? Lee. I want to say, Lee. yeah, Lee. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Lee. Um, yeah, so I just, oh, that's the same. That looked No, but that was, I think that was allowable at that point. But, but it was that thing of just going, oh, I saw Hannah Spirit before. She looked really fed up. <laughs> she looked, she looked it up, gets but, a little bit like that at the end of the day. Do you yeah, know what? Well, I, I did a... I, 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 it really does. I did a signing recently, which I've, mm. ne- I've never done it before, ever. Because I was in this episode of Red Dwarf. And I went and did this Red Dwarf convention where they had... Because it was for the 30th anniversary. So... Mm. It was everybody was there, like the full cast, like but Rob and Doug, both writers were both there. Paul Jackson came down, and you know it, it was like it was a big deal day, or a few days. But I yeah. did they snuck me in essentially as one of the guests, and I hosted some of the things there, and I did a, a three or four hour signing, um, Oof. with like cues and all that sort of thing, and it was it's fun Oof. it's fun for about ten minutes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm. And it, yeah, like. Couple of hours is um, is um, yeah, quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah, but I, I mean, I enjoyed like it, but but I was out of voice. Yeah. Huh? I was out of voice, like about an, out of voice. about an hour in. I could barely talk anymore. Yeah. yeah. Do you do much? Do you do much of those still? I do a few. I haven't done that many this year, um, and um, I'm sort of quite heavily pregnant at the minute, so it's yeah. quite difficult. I'm sort of like at that shuffling stage. Okay, where I'm just, nice. Sort of waddling about. So, is this uh, your first one? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Right. Um, you sound like you've already yeah, decided it's be your first and only one. Um. Well, yeah. I guess maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice to squeeze another one in. Really? Because I think it would be nice for them to be, you know, to have each other to play with but and stuff. Surely you're going to talk to them at some point. No. Surely you'll speak to a, the, the child at some point. Oh, yeah, well, hopefully. Keep it company. Yeah, yeah I'll be around a little bit, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so how are you finding we'll it? See. We'll see how it goes. And are you, yeah, fun, how long fun have you got? Right. We've only got about six, seven weeks left. Wow. I know. And you've got, and you're I can't on... I believe it's come around so quickly. And you're having to do press yeah. for a film. Um, and I'm having to do press for a film, I know. Should we should we do well, it like professional, <laughs> <laughs> or should we just do it truthful? 
it's it's good because I'm sort of I'm still working, but I'm doing like sort of different type of you know different things at the minute. Yeah, I'm setting up um setting up a business in Twickenham, so I'm just sort of like rocking up there with um my little notepad and that's exciting. Out. What are you doing? Yeah, can I ask you? Um, setting up a organic cafe and yoga studio. How lovely is that? Uh, and that's like because no. that's completely unconnected as well, isn't it, to any sort of entertainment? Well, you- yeah, I suppose. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, it's kind of. Yeah, no, it is. It is, and that, that's what I do really like about it, actually. Yeah, because you've I think been I've needed a bit of that. I would. I would have thought so because you've been public eye constantly now for a, a, a fair yeah. chunk of time, and also mm. in certain things that would lead naturally onto. I, I, I would imagine. I, don't, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong or not, but I would imagine into quite an invasive existence yeah. as well where you you know you're bothered by who whoever regularly yeah so i guess a, a bit of reality must be quite a cool oh, thing yeah. for you mm, it is it's quite refreshing actually it's um yeah i think it's uh, i'm really enjoying it and i think you know because of the the baby and everything yeah. i think that sort of spurred me on to um maybe go down that route a little bit more because because of you know, you know what the industry's like. Yeah, totally. But I, 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 security. No, I get that. I, I, I get yeah. that completely. But I, I think also just an emotional security thing as well. I think with, yeah. with things like that, where you just feel like yeah. you're doing some stuff that's just for you. Yeah, exactly. And you're in control of. Yeah, yeah. yeah I get exactly. that. I completely yeah. get that. I've started doing art yeah. stuff recently. I've been doing quite a lot of art. Have you? And I'm finding that to be quite a an, an escapist thing for me. Oh, lovely. Away from everything else. But come on, we'll, yeah. talk, we'll talk about iDog. Come on, we've got, we've got to do it, because otherwise your PR are going to go mental. <laughs> right, so... <laughs> right. I, I dog. that sounds like a good film. <laughs> I dog. What do you do in it? What do I do in it? I'm sorry, that's a really shit question. Like, um, <laughs> what do you do in it? She acts in it. Say again, Hannah. I do a little bit of acting in it. Nice. Okay, and, and what what do you act? What what will you be treating us to in this film? Um, a character called Natalie. Good name. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah, great name. Thank you. By the way, it's because it's hers. Um, that's it's my name too. <laughs> that's why. <right. laughs> Excellent yeah. name. Um, yeah, and she's sort of um, stuck in this strange little village, and something really bad happens to her, and that means that she can never leave again. And then she goes through like this huge transformation. Okay. Yeah, it's a fun character. When you say transformation, does she turn into a dog? <laughs> Maybe. Is it is it as literal as that? <laughs> I don't mean that as a I'm criticism. Not, I'm I don't... Not saying. Oh. <laughs> now <laughs> I want to yeah, say it. Dogs go through an extreme transformation. Oh. Is it mm. w- what genre of film is it? It's a comedy horror. So she does turn into a dog, then definitely if it's a horror. So she may well. All right, all right. I'll ask you a different question then. Um, did you at any point have your head moulded? <laughs> I did have things stuck to my face. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Did, now, did they put you in an all-over <laughs> fe- uh, head mould? Did you have that done? Not an all-over head mould, no. Fe- just full face? D- yeah, just things stuck to my face. <laughs> Were there any... <laughs> Um, floppy, <laughs> did you have any floppy ears <laughs> put on your head <laughs> and a I wet nose? Some, um, I had some um, put, um, sort of prosthetics added to my ears that 
change the shape of them like, into like a pointy oh, top right. bit. Okay. Mm. Okay. Well, far be it for me to be the amateur detective here, but I think that sounds <laughs> a little bit like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, how exciting is that then? So, is it a indie yeah. film or is it a studio film or is what's what's the deal with it? Well, it's um, it's it's going out on. Well, it will. It, it is out on Amazon Prime. Okay. So, and then and also YouTube. Okay. On their yeah. their pay service that they have. On their, I think so. What's it called? I is it think- YouTube Premium or something? Right. It's red, YouTube red. YouTube no, 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 red. it's free on YouTube. Okay. Um, it's free on YouTube. Um, and then it's on Amazon Prime, and then in, in terms of that, I'm not entirely sure. Okay, so how long is it as a film? Um, they, um, I would say they're about 20 minutes all in all. Okay. So, is yeah, it, little, so, um, are, th- so are these, like, episodic? Yeah. Why did you tell me it was a film, Nat? It's a series. Who said that? Nat said it was, a, said film. It was a film. Well, I didn't say it's a series. They were, they were all, everyone, was, everyone has been saying for four yeah. weeks it's a film. Oh. That's the confusion. That's what I, okay, that's what I was told. It's a series. Oh, I see. That's not my fault, Hannah, because I don't... Well, no, to be fair, on the press release... I don't even read the press release. Well, it actually <laughs> doesn't even say on the press release. It just doesn't say if it's... We just assume it doesn't say it's a TV series either. Right, well, I've decided... Oh, I see. I have decided Hannah. it is a film. That's all right. I have decided well, that people should watch series. this... In one go. ...all in one go as a film. Yes. That's yes. what I reckon. Yeah, you could binge on it. Yeah, right, do e- that. Exactly that, but it won't even feel like binging because it'll be all in one go, so it'll be like just yeah. watching a film, a 20-minute film. Exactly. And who can't manage yeah. that? Exactly. Right, we've, we, we've sold this brilliantly. I don't, don't Tell you what, it. mate, me and you, Hannah, we have sold this brilliantly. <laughs> Between us, we really have. I know. It's been back and forth. better than the interview last week? D- Marginally. I mean, Marginally. only in the sense that you've given us actual facts. Oh, right. <laughs> but the interview the other week was, quite frankly, ludicrous. But we did come up with a film that I would watch. Oh, right. <laughs> I would have watched it. I will watch yours too, your and yeah. quote-unquote film. But the one we came up with in the studio, I would also watch That's that good. one as well. <laughs> I think they complement each other. I'll have to um, I'll have to try and um, listen to that wherever that interview is. Okay, well, I mean, I wouldn't advise I it. I think it might amuse me. Well, I think I might have got quite angry with you at one point. I can't remember if it was oh, cut really? out. Well, uh, only because it wouldn't have been directly directed at you personally. It wasn't. Wouldn't be that. It would be more oh. that we were mid-show. Yeah. And whenever that happened, but what I will say to you though, the last time that happened, where somebody pulled out mid-show. I ended up then making him be on the show for 17 weeks in a row, every single week. He had to come and do an interview. Are you going to do that to me? If you want to, I can. But I I then ended (laughs) up creating a podcast with him that then ultimately became a motion picture. Oh, really? Yeah. So so good came of that. Wow. See, something positive always comes from a negative. I'm so, so sorry about last week. Oh, no, no, no. no, 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 It's it's absolutely fine. I'm so sorry. I'm just... I was so sick. No, no, it's, it's honestly fine. okay. Well, like genuinely, it was, it was pregnancy. Well, that's what we I were told. You were very pregnant. I was, yeah, you yeah, are. and still am. You but, are, yeah. Well, and I think, as memory serves, my response was, and did she not know? 
she just, <laughs> she <only> just <laughs> found out. <laughs> um, it has honestly been lovely chatting with you. And and what? So what's your plan future wise? What you, are you going to crack on with acting, or have you in, have you interest even in music anymore? Um, yeah, just um, well, have the baby. Yeah, obviously. Get that out of the way. Yeah, get that out of the way. Maybe spend a bit of time with her. Mm. Is it a her? Yeah. Okay. Her. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, I'll be sort of continuing things like on the cafe side of stuff anyway. So that'll be sort of running alongside of that. Um, and then, yeah, and then dipping into a bit of acting next year. Okay. Um, yeah. So, you're dead good at yeah, it, though, eh? Like, you're, you're proper good at acting. Oh, thanks. No, you are, but I, I remember. I, no, you are. I can remember at the time. and Because I, was, I guess I was too old for, like, S Club and things like that, really. I didn't have that much awareness of it, really, as a thing. But I recall it being... Um, it's always a surprise, isn't it? I remember when What's Her Face, uh, Victoria Beckham, when, she was in, when they did Spice World movie, mm. that everyone was shocked that she could competently act. Right. I remember that being a big deal. Right. <laughs> so I, I remember a similar thing with you, but with the added thing of that you were really good at it, that it wasn't just that you could, you were competent, you were just really good at it, and you, you're very natural on screen as well. No, thank you. No, you're all, though, hey. You, no, but you are. I'm not buttering you up. Thank up. you. Um, thank you. Well, I do. I do enjoy it. I'd I do try. I'd rather see that than, you know, sort of doing music, dancing about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, yeah, the, the singing and stuff was. Um, oh, it was amazing. Or you know, back then, but yeah. not now. Not for me now. Not enough people realise that, do they? That, they, that it's it's of a time, and that you can just. I mean, you, you can dip back into it for charity or whatever every now and again, but yeah, the, exactly the odd, the odd thing. Yeah, but I think the you know finding that new direction in your life, I think that's really really cool, and especially yeah. stuff with like the restaurant as well. That's really ace. Mm. Yeah, so I'm, yeah, I'm excited for that. It's nice to sort of, yeah, tone it down on the um, sort of, yeah, exposure front, I guess. Yeah. And, yeah. I get so, it. Um, I get that. You know? I absolutely do get it. And it's been Aww. honestly lovely chatting with you. Best of luck what, with our yeah, dog. What sort of artwork have you been doing? Oh, I do all sorts. I do, like, sure. a, a paint and stuff, and I do... Oh. I, basically, at the moment, I've been selling storyboards from the film, repros of the storyboards. So I, be, I did all the yeah. storyboards for, for the film that we've just done. So oh, wow. I've been I've been selling them on as as like repros of them, but I've I've really right. enjoyed. You know what? Storyboarding that film was one of the most enjoyable parts of it for me because I felt like I'd, I'd done a comic book, even though it wasn't that. But I felt like yeah. I'd done that, and they're relatively simple drawings. Then, but yeah, right. I, I just like it and I build a lot of things as well. I've just built a stormtrooper and I've built an R two D two, and I'm, yeah. I'm 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 decent at that. I've got good at it, and that's my yeah, that's my switch off time. That I think. Yeah, you can really just. Next time you're at a Comic Con and I'm there, you'll have to come and. I totally come will. I mean, I don't, I don't make no. a habit of going there, but I absolutely. I will do. Absolutely will. I'll give you a shout. I'll hit you. I'm not, look, not look as fed up. <laughs> no, please do, because that's how I like to think of you now, as grump, Grumpy Hannah. Because oh, <laughs> <laughs> you were so bubbly before. I like to think oh, of you as Grumpy Hannah. Grumpy Hannah, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Nice change. Yeah. Um, <laughs> th Hannah, thanks ever so much for joining oh, us. Best of luck with the baby and stuff and with the cafe. Oh, thank you. And the acting. And you too. And now here's Rachel like Stevens it. with <laughs> Sweet Dreams My LAX. Oh, gosh. You, weren't, you didn't like that, did you? What I, a do, tip. I do like that song. I'm sure she's a nice girl in that. Rachel. Yeah, but goodness me. 
big hit that was for her. And nevertheless, I'm sure she's when she's. So was uh, Boys, Boys, Boys by Sabrina. Well, Doesn't mean she, it was good. When Rachel Stevens banked those checks, I'm sure she was fine. We don't value ourselves by what's in our bank account. We some, value ourselves by artistic credibility. Well, that's not true for everyone, is it? Well, it should be. Mm. And I'm saying that as a as a definite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're joined now by Matt Connor. Hello, man. Hey, man. You're right. Doing? Yeah. I'm all right. I'm not too bad. We're talking about filler on the roof, aren't we? We are. Because you're in filler on the roof. Because I'm in that. Yeah. Um, I've already played tradition, but I turned it off because there was too much talking in it. <laughs> there is quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> there really is. Isn't there? <laughs> Um, it's a bit. Uh, how are you, by the way? First yeah, of all? no, I'm. Probably I'm really good. Yeah, thanks. It's good to be here. Um, I'm Why? Just, I've just got back from up north. Actually, it's really oh, cold. Have you, where have you been? It's cold here. Yeah, yeah it's it is cold. Uh, but you've also got the aircon on. Yeah, which I, is I think like, I might turn that. I put that. This on. is like I've got no idea. Can someone come in and just flick that off, or you can do it? I don't know why. I'm I'm normally flicking off in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm normally the co-op. Of it, I was. Uh, where have you been to? Uh, I was at a mate's. My one of my best mates' weddings yesterday. So in yeah, in uh, in Darlington, near where I, okay. my family are from. So is that uh, where you're from? Yeah. You haven't got a Darlington yeah. accent. Yeah, yeah. They beat that out of you at drama school. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? At my drama school, they didn't really. Yeah, they, they didn't were, beat you. That's a no, shame. they were kind of. <laughs> Um, they were very encouraged. Where did you go to? No, I went to Arts Ed, and I'm, I'm okay. and that that is a joke because yeah, yeah, actually yeah. the the thing is that um, they don't. You're right now. They, they like you to have you, you, yeah. if you've got a like a, a local accent. They want it because they can. You know, you can use it. And, yeah. mm. But um, no, I was born in London originally, and then I moved up, and then moved back down. So it's all a bit. My dad's oh, okay. a Scouser, my mum's a Geordie, so I'm all over the shop. I would have <laughs> sworn from your voice that you were from Northwest. Yeah, I, really, I yeah. Gone, yeah, I'd have thought oh. Northwest, yeah. Because you are, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I was born in Warrington, but I always say I'm from St. Helens, because right. my, my dad, my mum and dad are from St. Helens, and oh, I support okay. Saints and stuff, so yeah, yeah. I've always said St. Helens. But strictly speaking, I was born in Warrington. Oh, so right, cool. Warrington yeah. Hospital, I was born. Well, because uh, my dad's a scouser, it's like it comes out, you know, and then it's in there, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's if definitely because I'm there. around you now, it probably it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. If, yeah, if you were a Geordie now, then I would be speaking more like that. But you know? do you know what? <laughs> I think I've got a bit of hull in my voice, and I'm right. not from. I've got no what connection to hull. What's the hull, hull. What's hull. The hull accent? Um, the certain voice. Wo- well, words. There you go. The certain words that you I will say. Word is hull. Word. My mate Al's word. from hull, and he goes, "All right, I'm Al. I'm from hull." Yeah, oh, drop the H straight yeah. away. Oh, like that's gone. They do that in America with their herbs and stuff, don't they? They drop the H. It's quite yeah. similar to whole. Who knew there'd be a connection? And they say like, I aren't having that. Oh, so like, I, aren't I, aren't, have, I, aren't, I aren't having it. I ain't have. I aren't having it. I, I'm not. Ha- I aren't having it. I mean, I it makes absolutely no sense, but grammatically, but it's quite fun, isn't it? I aren't having that. No, I think northern accents are more fun. Yeah, definitely. Northern, Just generally speaking, it's more fun. It's better, no, isn't it? Fun. It's better. <laughs> it's better. It's better. better. It's much better. It is. It's miles better. Okay. <laughs> it's I'm, miles better than London. I'm going to try and speak northern. You don't have point. to do that. I'd quite like to learn, actually. It'd be the, a good skill. I will say it now as another definite. The north is better than the south. It's out there. It is. Well, oh, I haven't even. You know, that's what you'd say. The South people would say different. You know, well, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't say nothing. They keep the fucking heads down, and not speak to no one. <laughs> oh, stop being a generalisation. It's not a generalisation. I think Northern people are proud to be Northern. That's that's quite a thing, isn't it? I, well, I don't I really get that, that from Southerners. Like that, they're proud to be so. Like, I'm really proud to be Southern. You don't really hear that. You hear like I'm dead proud to be from the North. But do you not think the Northern pride is is a? I think it's I think it's a tribalistic. So I think there's mm. a, a tribal element to it. But I also think it's uh, an underdog statement. So it's, yeah. uh, I, I know certainly within, I'm a big rugby league fan, so I know certainly within rugby league, yeah. um, I'm proud of rugby league, like I very much am, and mm. I think that's a tribalistic thing, and I think that's a thing of, because we are the underdog, because, you know, we yeah. are, the better sports but the underdog mm. against, 
it's kind of a class thing as well, I guess. So against sort of posh people who like rugby union, I think there's an, sure. an, an element of that. So um, I, I, I think the pride for me would be. I don't think I'm proud of where I'm from. Well, I'm, I'm not because I say I'm from St. Helens, but I was born in Warrington. But <laughs> I don't think there's a pride in that, and, I, and I've never got into the whole. Whilst I will acknowledge the rivalry between Saints and Wigan, for example, I wouldn't ever be like Wigan is shit and I hate everybody in Wigan. <laughs> it's more of a bantery sort of yeah. thing, certainly for me. Yeah. It's not quite as yeah, intense fair, a fair hatred as, as for some people, I think. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, don't, I don't think I'm proud of being from the north. Don't oh, okay. pride. What would you say you are then? Just defensive of it. Defensive yeah. of being from the north. I don't, I don't live there. I don't live where no. I'm from. But I don't live in the south either. I'm, I'm you know, I'm midway. Midway, I guess. Yeah. Mm. I yeah. know all about the underdog, though. I mean, I'm a big Newcastle United fan, so oh, yeah, okay. um, a football guy. So I mean, yeah. Are they, so are they not good anymore? Word, Weren't abs- they good once? Absolutely terrible. Oh, oh, they really they used to be good, though, right? Been good for a long, long time. Yeah. But, like yeah, so it's it's about like sticking with it through thick and thin, isn't it? You know? Yeah, yeah, it totally is that. And so, how did you end up? Where did acting come from? Um, <clears throat> so, when I was like could old enough to speak, really, I started, you know, um, oh yeah, watch me do this, watch me do that to my parents. I'm okay. an only child, right? So it's just so showing off then, isn't showing it? off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's essentially what happened. And, that was uh, a quick interview. Yeah, just yeah. to show off, mate. Just like showing off. <laughs> Nothing changed. Yeah. yeah. And then it was about yeah, like um, you know, getting that home video camera and just being like, film me do this, film me do that, yeah. making little vid- like making films and doing scenes. And okay. um, and then I remember watching um, two programs that really influenced me was David Jason and Only Fools and Horses, right? Sort of tour de force, I think that yeah. his performance in that. And then um, um, Faulty Towers, okay. John Cleese, and watching those two actors and going, that's it, yeah, that's what I want to do. So. Then I just got into it from there, really, and you sort of do it as a kid, don't you? And mm. lie to all your mates and tell them you're at football practice when really you were practicing at like stage you're school. Like, you're, sure. you're one step away from it Billy happened. Elliot. That's exactly, mate. <laughs> yeah. I've yeah. even got a flat cap on, mate. All I need is my whipping in here now. And <laughs> I've got the full That's thing. That's quite Dowboy as well, though, isn't I it? I suppose that? so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, what was the journey? So, what, how old are you? I'm 28. Okay, so what was the journey from, from that to, to the aspiration of doing it and, and going to acting classes or whatever you know that sort of thing yeah. to, to actually because the, the, there's a wealth of difference between doing that and then actually being a gigging performer absolutely yeah I, well so right so if I go right back I mean it's like um, Bach 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 go right Bach go right Bach, Bach mate. that's not how um, that's not your accent you don't say Bach like that no I was just I was, I was just doing I was noting this guy's accent <laughs> that is, yeah that wouldn't don't spell worry, no. <laughs> I don't think you said it as clear as either definitely did I shall oh. try and speak a little more no no no, 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 no. you're natural I want, I want I every like region by the end of this interview yeah. <laughs> alright why I yeah. so uh, that's in yeah so uh, I guess when when I was at school that's when you have to start making a look like decisions and mm. i used to sit in class and look out the window thinking i'm so bored here i don't want to be here okay. like, so from there i was like right well what am i going to do after school so i'll go to like a, a vocational college went to newcastle college okay big up the newcastle college yeah. and uh i did probably uh, burnt down by now <laughs> <laughs> i did a b-tech there which was which was great um and then that sort of that was to try and help me get into drama school because okay. obviously you have to audition for drama school and you need to get in and um, that kind of set me up and then luckily I got in and I must admit back when I was auditioning we had um, we had f- uh, uh, funding you know mm. government funding mm-hmm. which I think has all all but disappeared yeah. which I, I am so gutted about and I'm a strong advocate for that because as a northeast lad 
with a working class family there's no way i'd be doing what i'm doing now yeah if it wasn't for the arts funding and arts grants and stuff mm. like that so well then as you progress in the artistic world then and mm. as you start making millions and all that sort of stuff right set up a bursary yeah i'd love to do which that which i think is a really i think it's a really it's, w- it's something that i i'm not oh, minted okay. at all but it's something that I certainly would look towards doing at some point in the future. Yeah. Would be set up a bursary to enable... Because you're, you're right, it yeah. is fucked now. And I got, I think, half grant, I think, when, yeah. I, when I was there. Um, and the rest was a parental contribution thing. Um, but it, not just in the arts, across the board at universities. But it's, it's a fucked thing that people can't follow an artistic dream. I know, yeah. Because they haven't got the cash. Because mm. all you'll end up with is a shit ton of fucking posh actors. That's all that'll happen. <laughs> Because they can afford to do it, yeah. you know. You know, it becomes so elitist, you know. It becomes elitist, and, and it, it returns to being elitist. Yeah, it stopped. Sorry, being that's that. right. It yeah. goes back to being that, to and be, yeah. and that's it as well. Like, and your choice is either I go, I want to do vocational, but I can't do that because I can't afford it. So I'll, I'll go academic, but then put myself into masses of debt <laughs> because yeah. I've because that's the only other option. Yeah, and the other one from that is get a trade, and yeah. Stay in the town that you're from, and not there's anything wrong with doing that. Yeah. I'm saying like it's all up to you, isn't it? Yeah. But if what you wanted to do originally was going to London and be artistic and try out something like acting, yeah, and you couldn't do it because there was no funding. Anyway, that's what I, I'm, I'm a big believer in. That so you know I think it's really important. No, I agree. I absolutely agree. That's yeah. out there. Yeah. So that's what happened for me. So that was gave me the opportunity to go anyway and train. And um, off the back of that, you you know you get an agent out of college if you, if you're lucky to get one. And I was yeah. very lucky and got one. And then. That was it. The ball was rolling. I started auditioning and got my first job, and it sort of went from there. Yeah. Okay. Have you worked solid? O- almost. I had a, like a bit of a shaky eight months, like last year. Okay. That was like the first time, and it was right. like a real eye opener and a real yeah, man. Yeah. And it was so good for me. <laughs> yeah. It was so good for me. Like I really was. I'll never kind of look at the the industry like I used to again. I'll always have a new, fresh approach. So important. But, you, but, but you wouldn't want that to scare you, though, would you? you I, I think there are people certainly working in the arts because there's no jobs for life in anything now. So I reckon the same insecurity that's always existed throughout the yeah. acting world and comedy world and mm. things like that. Uh, uh, now just everyone has that for yeah. every fucking job now. But that's just a, absolutely agree. I've thing, said yeah. that to other people. They say, "Oh, well, you know, how do you do a job where you don't know what you're going to do next?" And all that. Yeah. I say, "But who says your job?" Yeah, says, exactly. You turn up Monday morning <laughs> and you know go, I mean? "Oh, we've gone bust." Yeah, <laughs> right. But yeah. this but Brexit, you know, yeah, big no, companies com- leaving. Completely and, that. So I, I think it's now. Uh, that argument that used to go on about getting a proper job yeah. is no longer a, yeah, a valid a argument because yeah. there's no such thing. Like literally anyone with any job, not as a scary one listening by the way, your job, but anyone with a proper job, a year enough stories, could turn up one day at uh-huh. nine o'clock and literally find yeah. a bit of A4 paper on the door. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's, you, yeah. You're done. You Obviously, can, it's a lot more frequent in uh, my line of work, okay? yeah. our line of work in the entertainment. Yeah, but, you know, but, like but, things but, getting pulled and. But at least you know that it's a, it's gonna. You got an inkling that it's gonna happen. Yes, it's you know, true. You, true. You're so, or you're coming to the end of a run or something. Yeah, like that. Yeah, sure. Well, you're fine. You know. You're in this till March. That's a long chunk. That's ages yeah. away, isn't it? No, it's this nice. Yeah. Well, hy- hypothetically, oh, right. as we say, it could just. <laughs> <laughs> okay. When it opens on the 25th of November to the 9th of March, that's yeah. nice. Christmas covered. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, nice to be doing. Yeah, yeah, busy across that period. It's right. It's difficult, isn't it? This has got nice people. So, um, Trevor Nunn. This has got mm. nice directing people. Directing it. No, like, it's a good... I was looking in, like, Jesus. We were like, doing fine. No, no, but <laughs> let's talk about the play. But <laughs> well, we wanted to... <laughs> Well, no, the question can't be it. this has got nice people in it <laughs> I mean it's got good people in it. Andy Go on, Nyman so Andy Nyman's great in people it, right? in it no I agree with you completely yeah um, thank you Matt actually I do there are some lovely people uh, yeah. yeah so we'll go who did you that's say uh, Trevor well, Nunn directed Nunn's, like, that's incredible well yeah. obviously I mean you know legendary mm. legendary 
director, sure. world famous, a sir, Sir yeah, Trev. Yeah, sir Trev yeah. Do you have um, to say that? No. Is it titles no. at the door? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah no, no. So he's so cool, man. He's he's amazing. Yeah. Like, he's proper, properly good. Um, Andy Nyman, yeah, just brilliant, just brilliant. Like when I saw the cast come out. Who do not like? Who do not like out of these? I reckon. <laughs> I reckon you don't get on with Louise Gold. <laughs> Oh, she's brilliant, man. Oh, no, I've, I've got a feeling that no, you don't I like think that. No, I think no, it's D- Dermot Canavan. He's brilliant as well. Is he? Dermot is hilarious. I tell you what, it's such a good bunch of people, and I, I really mean that. Stuart not... Clark sounds like a dick, is he? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not not sure. t- you know what? They're going to listen to this. Well, that imagine, imagine, imagine if I was to say yes to Elliot. Just wink once what? if you don't like Kirsty McLaren. Was well, Kirsty's playing my opposite, who, my love interest, so oh. we absolutely have to get on. We've been like oh. going for coffees and like, you know, Oh, just don't like, do it, mate. Don't do it. Just no, I don't be, mean like. Oh, be careful. No, I don't man. mean like. I don't I mean, mean like that. <laughs> oh, mate. No, you're going to bring what, what? this. You're going to bring it down this entire production. Don't be doing that, mate. Don't be. When you've got to play opposite someone and, and fall in love, it's it's important to get like a real Some chemistry. Chemistry. Yeah, but you don't. Like don't oh, no, like friendship. You know, like so that you chemistry. so that all the barriers are broken down. So there's no none of that. They're oh, winding me up here. Totally winding me up. It's always a heartbeat away. It's a heartbeat away. We got to do kissing in it. Um, well, we're only into like week two of rehearsal. Keep rehearsals. on stage. Keep on stage. Keep on Probably stage not, to be honest. If you're okay. listening, Kirsty, please be careful. It, like, it's, <laughs> it's obviously too late here for Matt. Matt's obviously gone. He's, always, he's obviously gone. <laughs> yeah, Kirsty, you could save this production. You've got to put a bit of distance between yourself <laughs> and Matt. No more coffees. Uh, <laughs> oh wow. Uh, was Molly Osborne the one that you said? When you came in, when the music was on, you said you didn't really like it. That she, you know what? She I'm was the, a bit up herself. You know, I, you know I'm not. That's. No <laughs> matter how many times you do this, I'm telling you right no. now. Please, right, it wasn't Molly. Off. It was Harriet Bunton. Harriet Bunton, right? You were scathing about her. To ha- be Harriet. Harriet's fuming that she's not here with me. She wanted. She was. She was good when she heard I was. Why did you out. stop she her? Why did you stop her coming in? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't stop her. But she. She literally just texted me just before I came on it, saying. Oh, I'm not jealous at all. I was like, probably because he's. It's probably. Do you know what that is? It's probably because mm. he's just been down the coffee shop with Kirsty. Maybe that's what she was talking about. You don't about. want anyone to know. It's so ridiculous. Like, <laughs> are you, are you I can't believe we've descended into this conversation. <laughs> you can't come with me, I'm afraid, Harriet. Because I've got to concentrate and be professional. Where in actual fact, he was round the corner. Yeah. With Kirsty in the coffee shop, with Kirsty saying, "This has got to stop." <laughs> one last coffee. Wow. Let's phone Harriet. Let's phone Harriet. Yeah. Oh, go on then. That'll yeah, be let's call. I'll come around. I'll come around. Actually, you're gonna have to. Why is she not? Why, why do you think she was jealous? Do you think because of me? Do you she think she wanted to, to meet me? Do you want? To Here we go. Hang on. You need the number. Just read it out. It's alright. I do need the number. That's right. Okay. Let me just one minute. Alright. So tell me about Harriet. Let me tell you about. Let me tell you about what we did the other, the other day. Because you know what you were saying about like dropping. Um, um, like any boundaries and all that, right? We yep. had to do like two days of improvisation. Trevor got us doing like two days of it, okay. like, and it was kind of not kind of linked, but not really even linked to kind of the project. Okay. So it's like basically to get us all together and to just smash down the barriers of feeling yeah. like feeling like you know. This is the Vodafone oh, voicemail. Oh, no. Harriet, yeah. annoying. Harriet, yeah. you know that headphones on? It was a voicemail. Yeah, I, no, I heard it. I heard it. it Never rang. mind. Harry, uh, quite quickly, so I think her phone is off. Just text us, age. Say you missed it now. You missed yeah, it. Yeah, missed your opportunity. Could have been. Could so have wait, so you're you doing improv stuff to break so, down yeah, so, to break break that break down the. Um, that's what I mean. So you do two days of that just to sort of. You can make a foot, so you make a fool out of yourself in yeah. front of everyone, you know, and you just do ridiculous improvisation stuff, and and you know everyone looks like idiots, but it means that, you know, 
no one's there's no judgment it's like a safe space to make mistakes mm. and and like you know a room like that full of great actors it's just great it's amazing it's yeah. amazing to be on this job to be honest and it's and it's an ensemble piece as well Fiddler on the Roof so it's yeah. such a it has such a sense of, I mean it's about community isn't it but there's, mm. there's such a sense of community on the stage that that would be sniffed out pretty quick I mean that's why Nunn's got such big you know big chops as a director anyway because yeah. it's like you, it's understanding that and understanding that it's important that you do for all the frivolity and stuff it's, it is important that you kind of get on or that you can certainly mm you know give off that you get on or give off that there's you know there's a relationship between you all yeah. and stuff um which is a um I, I think a relatively rare thing nowadays in the theater where you can feel um a, a, a sense of community within a cast i i think because of i, I guess fame comes into it and i like guess star the, casting yeah there's a like little that. bit a little element of that i think and not that i've heard any stories about anyone being a dick but and I'm sure people are lovely, but but I think to actually make a point of doing that in the rehearsal process, yeah. to actually level it. Yeah, absolutely. Level it's a smart field. move, isn't it? Pro- proper smart. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, so yeah, I absolutely agree. It's. Um, do, you think also, do you think I'm as good potentially as Trevor Nunn as a director? <laughs> I think potentially. Because I, I would have done got that. Potential. Yeah, absolutely. I would have done that. And I think, but I think I also would have put a, a notice up on the notice board saying. Um, can people stop going for coffees, coffees together on on their own? You know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> if you see this guy, yeah. picture yeah. of my face. Don't go for coffee with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I would do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, cheers, mate. <laughs> Brackets. I've worked with him before. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. It's um. It, he's it, what he's planning with this as well is like stripping it right back. Okay. So you know, if if what you think of what you may have seen online or or, or, or versions of this on Broadway, and it's mm. all very kind of Broadway fied as it were yeah it's none of that man I mean, needs this, a reboot doesn't it yeah. in, in terms of what it is it's too it's too synonymous with what well topple it's too synonymous with topple yeah. straight off the bat so yeah it's, absolutely and and, and th- but this is like i guess it's a little bit site specific as well because the theater is a small very intimate space mm. and when you when the audience walk in they're going to feel like they're in the shtetl that okay. anatevka where it's set by way of when you walk in you are in it like you're there okay so it's done in thrust as well so it's not like a kind of seat seat uh, you know sit there watch sure, watch yeah. the stage it's not like that it's kind of a quite immersive stages in you yeah and yeah. and it, so it's going to be that's really exciting it means that you can really strip it right back to the the real you know truth of what what the whole piece is about and i'm just going to say like recently with what's in the, the media what happened the other day in the tragedy in mm-hmm. uh, pittsburgh as well like at the moment this it's never felt kind of more visceral and real and mm-hmm. like what we're the story we're telling here yeah is so poignant at the minute with that what just happened there and with kind of the whole um the, the sort of um people having to flee their homelands and stuff now you know having yeah. to f- get on boats and travel across and I, I, I it think really I, I agree with you, and I think that's um, hugely depressing, isn't it? Really, but mm. it, it, something that was originally written as a, as a, I guess, a response to that sort of thing. Yeah, the fact that that could a, a revival of that so so many years later could be relevant is exactly. hugely fucking it's depressing. Like we've l- learned like we've learned nothing yeah. mm. that we're actually still treating human beings like that you know, yeah. kicking people out of where they live or people having to flee because of persecution I mean that is what these Jewish people had to do yeah. all these 1905 in the in the pale of settlement in Russia and look what's going on now like at Calais and, and these, these poor people from Syria and what have you. Mm. you know so I think at the moment like if you know what I'm trying to say is this is a really going to be a really poignant piece and um 
so that's what you should expect you nice. know as you're okay. coming along okay um well best of luck first and foremost with the with Phil on the Roof yes, secondly thanks. with Kirsty at the chocolate we haven't, <laughs> we haven't said where it is have we at the oh, chocolate yeah. factory I never the know many how to say it it's the many, 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 many air chocolate I'm, factory I'm always tempted to say many air yeah I can, I can get but that many, many, many air chocolate, chocolate factory, factory. Yeah. and it's nice there eh uh, yeah it's, it's a beautiful little venue yeah it's one of those places as an actor as well you may or may not know but it, it's you want to work there mm. like every actor wants to work yeah. there there's a few of them, you know, like... I think Old Vic was one as well. Old Vic, yeah. Young Vic, um, they're the Mid- national... Middle, middle-aged Vic. <laughs> 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 no one wants to work there, no, but I, I, I'm happy to go there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, that's where it's on at, yeah. So is it's it a long. tick-off then, that, for you, to be a... Uh, well, to absolutely, there? yeah. yeah. Um, just I was always always want to work there, and like I say, when you look at the cast and who are involved and the director that's on board, yeah. it's... Um, Sure. It's it's pretty well, exciting. You, you go through to the 9th of March. What's your plan for after that? Where you go? Or do you not know? Are you panicking yet? No. It's not that long away, 9th of March. See, that's now. what people say. That's what I mean. People say that. You it's know, not, you know. Oh, and then you're worried. Five no, months. You're just willing. You're like, that is quite long away. I know it's not, but it is at the same time. We're only we're only just in November. What I don't want is I don't want Matt to get comfortable. No, right. <laughs> with the security um, you know, of the January. show that he's in now. And then it gets to February and him go, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Should have done an audition. That's, well, maybe that's start true. it after Christmas in the January sale of auditions. Hopefully, my my agent is gonna is yes. along those same lines, so he doesn't want me to get comfortable. Exactly. Hopefully, I think your agent at the moment will be trying to work out how to deal with the fallout from the Kirsty situation. <laughs> <laughs> after this interview, I, I, I agree. <laughs> and you know that any of them that hear it now, this will just now become a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Yeah. Keep I'm, it going. And I'm on this till March, like yeah. so. Yeah. For yeah. you, yeah, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. It's yeah like, no, no, I want to hear more about no, that. I like yeah. It. yeah that, I, anybody from the Fit on the Roof company who's listening to this. Uh, you have my full authorisation to take my joke and run with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By all means. Let us know how it's going. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd like yeah, to get updates. Yeah, they'll probably do a call in. Yeah, right? I'd like Be to like, get updates so you know. on it. Yeah. I would, yeah. 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 Good Lord. Make sure you mention it to him during the interval, anything like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Kirsty. You know, Kirsty, I'm sorry too. I'm sorry too, Kirsty. <laughs> we didn't know she was your love having interest. To this. <laughs> you brought it up. You didn't love interest in the play. Yeah, sure, sure. In the play. You walked into the studio and your arse had barely touched the seat and right. you were giving it hey guess which one out of this lot I'm going my, for coffee with all yeah, the time my love oh, interest I'm going for coffee with <laughs> you we were giving didn't say it that. a big oh, giving it mouthing off about how, <laughs> oh, how wow. you and Kirsty got coffees in that because you're getting on really well <laughs> but we're not getting it from the other side are we from Kirsty Kirsty no. might be listening to this going oh god I don't want oh. people to think that there's any connection between us <laughs> on any level well best of luck with it I cheers hope, mate I hope this doesn't make it awkward on the stage <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thanks. I know when you're having a kiss, it isn't awkward in the relation room, in the rehearsal room, as your lips get closer, <laughs> <laughs> and you can feel every fucker's eyes on you. <laughs> Someone's like coffee breath. Yeah, you'll just hear you iPhones out. clicking. <laughs> 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 um, well done on it, man. And, no, and, thank you. And that is an amazing company to be in, and it is. An, it's, it's obviously it's a, nothing stands the test of time that long, you know, without being any good. And Fiddler on the roof, it, it, I mean, it goes on a bit, but it's fantastic. Sure, like, yeah. it, it really is good. And as you say, depressingly, there's a newfound level to it now. I guess, oh, yeah. not a newfound, a, a re- rediscovered level to it. Yeah. Um, so best of luck with Thanks, it. Thanks, mate. And, Appreciate and it. And to yourself and to the whole company and that. Yeah, um, cheers. I'm sure it'll be a huge success. Uh, it runs at the Menier Chocolate Factory uh, between the 23rd of November and the 9th of March. Booking is open for support of the Menier with public bookings open on 5th of September, so that's longer. You can just do it. Been, in it. Do it now. Mm. Just do it Get on straight it. Selling away. fast as well, man. Mm. And um, 
there's a good chance you'll see an understudy because Kirsty will have gone. Or I'll have been sat. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll yeah. <laughs> have been sat. <laughs> and they'll just be giving Kirsty all the support she needs to get her back to work. <laughs> Tweets, and that's not. You've got to finish the show, mate. I know, I know. Uh, well, John Beck is right to think that no one's believing Connor Wallace's story about not getting. Signal. Oh yeah. So uh, earlier on the show, Connor Wallace, we tried to call Connor Wallace before the show mm, to get him to come, to come on just for a chat, just for a chat. Yeah. And he just didn't pick his phone up. No. And then Connor Wallace said, "Very sorry, AM on. I'm on train. AM." <laughs> In rural Scotland with bad symbol, you yeah. mean signal. But I was like, I told you to put allow you on Twitter. I did do that, and then and John and he and he said, uh, oh, you know, intermittent. And John Beck says, mm, that reply is like when you phone in sick and you put it on a sick voice. Yeah, and also why was kind of saying intermittent? It's like, well, mm. we, we only wanted to speak to you intermittently. Just, right. We didn't want you on for the whole show. I said, sorry, Connor, no one is believing this nonsense because yep. we're not. And Connor then, says, I've never told a lie in my life. Well, that's that, telling a lie that, right that now. is a lie in itself. Yeah, also, he definitely has. Uh, Albert Square tweeted us 42 minutes ago to say, listen today, great entertainment. See you and Vicky Michelle. So that's nice. Okay, well, that's... It's nice, isn't it? Good to have a good review. <laughs> Um, let's wrap up uh, thank We're you wrapping. so much for joining us today thank you to Anthony Horowitz yeah. in the, who was in the studio he was fantastic Hannah Spirit on the phone was lovely yeah. and Matt Corner in the studio as lovely. well again but, you lovely know, guy and we'll watch the developing stuff with Kirsty with interest <laughs> um, but that's us for now thanks for joining us today and we shall see you again next week <laughs> good night everybody good night <laughs> You've been listening to a FUBAR Radio podcast. For more information, go to foobarradio.com.